Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 72. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. Christian. You had an epic weekend. You were at ASIN this weekend. <laughs> yes. You were posting epic. all weekend long on Instagram and Facebook. I was sitting back at home jealous. Um, <laughs> were you jealous? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to sell this segment, okay? <laughs> but it did look like you had a good time. Yes, it was a good time. You know, uh, thoughts of the events, highlights. Um, there was a lot of fun vendors. There was there was a lot of good times all around. Did um, you get any cool like porn statues like you were talking about last week? We did get a C2. It wasn't pornographic. Okay. Um, she is a character from the show Kill Geass, which is a very popular anime. Okay. Okay. Um, any? What was your favorite cosplay from the, from the event? Because we have tons of great photos <laughs> online of people posing with the title and everything, but... If you could, like, rank your number one favorite, like, cosplay. While I was there, probably, um, there was tons of great Ruby cosplay. Okay. Over there, and the main villain from the show. Um, it's one of our main pictures on there. She's holding the scepter and everything. Oh, I was wondering who yes. the hell that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty badass, though. Yeah, it totally, perfectly recreated that. Yes, and thank you to all the great cosplayers yes. out there who posed with the title and everything. You only went to the finest. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, you know. It, it... As simple as it was, I really loved that Spider-Man one where he's holding the um, train. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. From us, Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yes, that was a great, yeah. If you, <laughs> go ahead, check out Instagram, see all the great photos and everything mm-hmm. like that. That was definitely one of my favorites, so... Uh, but I was excited to see, like, just the, you know, I don't know, the just the sheer, like, amount of different, like, genres mm. that were there being represented in cosplay form. You know, you had horror being, you know, comics, um, anime, obviously, yes. but, I mean, it just seemed like a really good time. So. That was a great, uh, Jason. Yes, yes, really well done. Looked like uh, from Friday the 13th, part mm-hmm. three, I'm going to say. So, um, yeah, really nice. And well, we got was, him holding the title. So I'm definitely going to be using the shit out of that image. <laughs> what was crazy was he was just, for some reason, he was just standing there. Being creepy? Yeah. Like, um, it was the end of, it was like the end of the day and he was just standing there in the doorway, not doing anything, barely moving. So he kind of looked like he was almost a statue. Uh-huh. Uh, he was probably uh, just like trying to rest a little. <laughs> His headpiece was definitely like, it was like a plastic, you know, headpiece. Okay. So, like, when you're looking at it, it took me a second to realize this is a human being just standing there. Oh, wow. You know, staring at everyone. So and like, just standing there, he's going to look creepy. Uh-huh. Just naturally. So, I mean, that was great, though. That was great. <laughs> um, so, any fun, like, uh, panels that you got to see? Um, I sat in quite a few. Um, got into those hentai panels I was talking about. Okay. Uh, 
you know, we're literally watching. So what we what we did was they would put up hentai onto the screen, and they would bring up a either boy or girl or couple boys, two girls or whatever, and they'd reenact what's going on. Not reenact. They would do the voiceover for what's going on. And hentai is, if you don't know, is animated porn. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was hilarious. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to each his own, I guess. Yes. Um, Samurai Dan, I, I got to sit in on one of his panels. Oh, and, Samurai Dan. Yes. yes. So he was there. Um, he Did was you doing... figure out what the fuck, like who he is and why he's there? He's just a, he's a famous instructor, pretty much. I mean, he's worked with... Uh, like a samurai warrior, like... No, he's worked with um, the instructors that uh, worked with like Bruce Lee and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So does he like do like choreography for the movies or like he's just a trainer? No, that... but his, his I would say his uh, master did do okay. a lot of work with a lot of different films. And okay. Stuff like that. So and then he's just into... just spreading the knowledge. You know. Okay. Um, a lot of what uh, he was talking about in this one was like how you know techniques were taught down and like how there's definitely been error and changes to things like like um one of the cool ideas was that like if you weren't a family member of a certain clan Mm -hmm. um and but you were trying to learn from them they would teach you in a certain way where they can still beat you and then of course that person then was teaching that technique down to another person and another person Mm -hmm. so there's just been a lot of like Things taught over time that were done wrong while other families were like... People protecting family secrets. Exactly. I'm going to only teach you so much. Mm. I'm going to teach you how to beat me, <laughs> you know. There's a theory that there were ninjas that were teaching... That got into the samurai groups and were teaching them techniques so that the ninjas would be able to kill them easier. <laughs> and stuff like okay, that. fine. So a lot of crazy history that he All was right. going over. Well, that sounds, you know, mm. interesting. So, uh, does he do, like, any kind of, like, performance or anything? Uh, when I was there, he was, I mean, they showed off um, kind of, like, what's wrong with doing, like, an axe block against a sword and stuff like that. And, um, like, because you don't have a sword. Not, <laughs> not just that, but it's just like, uh, if someone were to come kick you, their foot can still extend to hit you. you know? Okay. It's not like, you know, it's little things. Yeah. Yeah. Where some where, shit just looks cool on film. Hmm. So I didn't get. In, I didn't have time to go to like his like sword panels and stuff like that. Okay, actually like swings a blade. So <laughs> wow. So he does like multiple panels. Mm-hmm. He did multiple this year. I, I did. You um, get to meet any artists? Um, there were artists there. I didn't spend a lot of time. Okay. Um, with any of the like animators or voice actors. Okay. It's just I. I was more focused on you know finding great cosplay mm-hmm. and finding stuff to take home <laughs> there, hey there's nothing wrong with that right. that's what conventions are for so all right man well you're gonna be doing a convention this weekend too yes uh i'll be heading over to combo breaker 2019 all right so it's gonna be the same deal find christian while mm-hmm. he's there if you'll... you're at that hotel you know come find me it's are, gonna are be a whole... the, are you staying uh, the i'm not going to be staying at the hotel okay. it's okay. way too expensive for me it's, but <laughs> it's at least close to you so Kind of. Right. <laughs> it's in the city, right? I thought it was. It turns out it's at a hotel 45 minutes away from here. Oh. Oh. Oops. So I'll be taking a train out there. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yes. So. <laughs> It'll still be a good time. Um, you know, tons of the best fighting games out there and some of the best players out there going to town at each other, you know. 
Okay. So it should be a good time either way. Are you going to jump into the ring? Uh, <laughs> not with them. But, I, I, you know, there's side tournaments. There's little um, free things going on. Maybe I'll, I'll hop on one of those. So do you, can you, like, buy in or, you know, like, to get into uh, the tournaments? You'd have to go in pretty early. Okay. You know, um, they, they've been doing sign-ups since, like, you know, beginning of the year. So is this one of the bigger, like, gamer, like, gaming, like, sh- like uh, um, It's one of the big um, fighting game tournaments for Chicago. So. Okay, so it's just strictly fighting games. Yes. So okay. we're talking Tekken, we're talking Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, um, Super Smash Brothers, stuff like that. Oh, I should totally go, man. I'm, like, one of the greatest button, like, pushers <laughs> around. <laughs> I'm the guy who just does the fucking uppercut over and over again uh-huh. in Mortal Kombat. You know, there are punishments nuts. for that. <laughs> People know how to block. It's all fair, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> they put it in the game, you can do it, damn uh-huh. it. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a button masher. So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. So, yeah, so but same deal. You know, I'm sure there's going to be tons of great cosplay. Yeah, there's there. a cosplay contest there, so. Oh, great. Just like so, at most um, cons, so. Yeah, so follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be posting tons of great pictures and everything like that. If you're there, you know, get an opportunity to post with the title. Yes, I will most likely be there Friday and Saturday. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be there Sunday or not. All right, great. Awesome. So, Christian, let's move on to the news because we have tons of it. Yes. We dropped our episode early last week because of ASIN. So, we ended up missing a lot of news stories that came out on Thursday. Yes. Uh, so, starting off, we have a new Batman. And it's none other than Robbie Sparklepants himself. <laughs> Now, this was, you know, theorized. People were Well, we talked about it yes. on the show. It was a strong rumor. It kind of went away. For those um, for those who don't know him by his Twilight fame, yes. uh, Robert Pattinson has been picked up as the new Batman. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, and not to be a jerk, but yes. I mean, you know what? I have been sold on this. You know, just I, from all accounts, you know, he's a great actor and everything like that. There really hasn't been a choice, you know, for, like, you know, the Batman role that hasn't been shit on by fans. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe besides, like, Christian Bale. Um, but, like, you know, Michael Keaton got tons of shit. I mean... Christian Bale got shit for a little bit. Really? Uh, for Batman Begins? Yeah. Really? I mean, after the fact or before the fact? Before. Really? Not after. Interesting. Why? People... I don't remember him getting shit. He it was, wasn't. I mean, he was it a wasn't like, nuclear like um, Heath Ledger. It was, you know, it was just yeah, like people definitely shit all over fucking Heath Ledger. Yeah. I remember that. So, but yeah, I didn't know that Christian Bell got shit. No, because, I feel I mean, like every Batman has had like a little bit of shit before. Yeah. Then. Well, Keaton got tons of shit. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. I mean, he was coming off fucking Beetlejuice. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the fans' mind, it didn't make any sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. So, but I mean, Pattinson has done a lot. A lot of directors are big fans of his, you mm-hmm. know, and he's done a lot of roles that, you know, uh, have gotten critical, like, acclaim. So I think he could pull off this role, you know. I mean, I love Batman, but there's not, like, tons of depth to the character. So I feel like he could pull off a good Bruce Wayne, and mm-hmm. as long as he can wear the cowl and, you know, do the physicality of the role, I think he'll be okay. No, uh, him beefed up. He'd be he'd fit that perfectly. Exactly, and this is a younger like Batman. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. more of a like 
noir like you know story so but ever since i've seen it online there's this big like you know michael keaton comes back as bruce and you have him they as do want to do the batman beyond, batman right? beyond but that was even talked about before like there you know people were like you know mm-hmm. really just hoping you know for a batman beyond film so I, I i've heard that beforehand but now i feel like people are just like well you know we can salvage this with like michael keaton it's like just give the guy a fucking no. shot here <laughs> You know, I feel like he deserves it. Come on now. I mean, I, yes, I, I'm not a fan of Twilight, but I feel like he's just got this, like, stigma around him mm. just because of that role, which is unfair. The only reason I, I'm into that um, concept is mostly because he has such a young face. Yeah, but if this is a younger Batman and you're talking more like year one-ish, you know, I think you can pull it off. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So, and we really haven't gotten that chance to see that Batman on film, you know? I mean, well, I guess Batman Begins, but, like, we haven't gotten to see that, like, detective, you know, side Mm -hmm. of Batman. And that's what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be more of a detective story. So, right away, I think year one, I don't know if they're going to go that route. I'd love to see, because, I mean, we also got, like, rumors about, you know, who the villains are going to be. Um, there's strong rumors that Penguin is going to be featured, Catwoman also. But we kind of heard that before. We also heard that there was going to be actually quite a rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Like possibly the Riddler and all these other, like we we're going to see like four or five different villains. So for me, like I start thinking of like, you know, um, like Long Halloween where you have a villain like Calendar Man who kind of is like pulling the strings of the other like, you know, Gotham villains at the time Mm -hmm. it's really like the start of Batman's career but it's a huge like detective story where he's trying to figure out all these crimes that are happening you know on these holidays so I feel like that'd be a fun story to tackle um and it was actually a big influence on uh Nolan's Batman so um and it's a great story that I we haven't seen on film yet so I would love to see uh Matt Reeves go that route but I don't know. That that almost feels like too big of a film, you know? Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, it's something that they've been trying to do for a long time. Yeah. Like, and it's constantly brought up when they bring up Batman films. It's like, oh, we want to do one where he's, like, in a struggle against multiple villains. And it'd be a great way to kind of introduce this whole new Batman mm-hmm. world to a new audience. So, you know, if you want to, like, just, you know, hit the ground running, that could be a fun story to tell. So, I don't know. But, you know, if if it is that story, though, I mean, the fucking buzzards will be out. You know, people will be looking to, like, pick at it and, mm-hmm. you know, bitch and moan, you know, if they don't get it right. Because it is held with such high regard. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, Penguin and Catwoman. Um, how do you feel about those choices as, like, two just... bigger villains? I feel like Catwoman won't be a full villain, maybe like anti-hero throughout it. I just, I don't even, you know, and that's like, that's what they typically do with mm-hmm. her. Like, I just don't need Catwoman in it. I really don't. Like, I, I could see her maybe if you put her as like an enforcer for Penguin or something. You know, I want Penguin to be like his true like mob boss yeah. self. I don't need what we got with like Batman Returns. And this, like, mutated, like, weird, you know, circus freak version of, you know, Penguin. You know, give me the mob boss. You know, something a little more grounded, a little more gritty. He can still love kids, birds, though. You know, not too much, though. <laughs> <laughs> not with what we were getting with uh, Tom Cage's Penguin. 
but yeah, uh, you know, and then like I could see maybe Catwoman as like an enforcer. Like we don't need to go down that whole relationship route between those two. They the first movie in. They will. It'll be much. at least teased. Uh, maybe teased, but don't go head first into it. Save it for later, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But they've talked. You know, like we've heard this report multiple times at this point. So, you know, once there's an official announcement, I'll believe it. But right now, I feel like there's going to be, you know, a lot of speculation. Well, you just you feel like when it's the same announcement over and over again, eventually you think, or the same rumor over and over again. Yeah, but the rumor, I feel like we heard Penguin, but we also heard so many other villains. Like, you know, that there's not just like two villains, mm. there's like five villains. I just think like a detective story, you know, suits Penguin very well. No, absolutely. And mm. especially like a noir story fits Penguin. And like, you know, you've got this crime boss who, you know, a young detective is trying to like, you know, deal with. You know, it's like his first case. So I feel like that makes sense. You know, um, instead of just jumping into like the Joker or mm. something like that. I really want to see a Court of Owls um, movie. That would be fun. Um, and if I don't know how they that have to be down the line. Mm-hmm. So unless you do just a standalone film, which you could do with Batman. I feel like everyone knows Batman. You don't need to keep on rehashing origin stories with him. So, but that that could definitely be fun. I'd love to see an animated version of that. Yes, that is so. Well. Um, but yeah, all right. So that was our Batman news. <laughs> <laughs> the other news, um, we also had details on Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Um, it sounds like we are going to be starting um, this October, um, and we are going to be getting a release date of August twenty twenty. All right. Um, it's going to be a six-episode run, um, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard the same thing with uh, WandaVision, where it's going to be like six to eight episodes. Uh, we are going as to... As long as they're written well and done fine. That's well, yes. Great. Yes, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> six oh, episodes. I know another be, series that, yes, that well. went six, six episodes <laughs> <laughs> this year. So, But we'll get there, right? <laughs> But uh, we're going to be getting the return of Baron Zemo and Sharon Carter. Thank God. I really wanted to see Baron come back. Or I, I didn't know how they were going to use Zemo in the future. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see the route they go. Because mm-hmm. he's not like the classic Baron Zemo that we have in the uh, you know Marvel Universe in the comics. No, but he's where still... Where he's very much like a hardcore, like, typical comic book villain. Mm-hmm. He's got... He, he's a villain with layers and everything. He's not your typical villain. So I'm curious to see how they have him, you know, facing off with our heroes. Because last we saw him, he was going to prison. Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel like that kind of villain who would, you know, be able to break himself out of jail or... He was very intelligent, though. He was, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. (laughs) I mean, it just, you know, I mean, do you think they eventually get to the comic book version of him? You know, like I wouldn't mind seeing him get in the, the purple, mask, Achilles. the purple hood and uh-huh. you know, weird crown that he wears. I, I wouldn't mind it. You know, the Zemo legacy. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be it'd be <laughs> cool if they do. It just would be such a jump from where he started, which was a really cool. Like you could emphasize, like you, it it, it made sense. Like you know, mm-hmm. even though it was horrific what he was doing, you could understand where it was coming from. 
You know, I mean, it was a guy who, like, you know, had his family die because of these heroes in his mind. So, I mean, he was sympathetic, at least. Um, Sharon Carter's also interesting. So you've got basically, you know, uh, I guess it would technically, Mm -hmm. since Steve ends up with Peggy. It's his his niece. niece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which he made out with, right? Gross. You know, yeah, I guess. do we have a relationship here? I don't need a relationship. <laughs> Can she just be an agent? Um, I mean, yes, she could. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Agent 13. Who's that's fine. That's who she is in the comics. Hmm. Let her just be an agent. I still see the music here as a relationship <sighs> piece. Who do you think? With like Sam? With either Sam or Richard. I can see it go either way. You know. Stay away from fucking Bucky. <laughs> you don't. I mean, you don't know if that guy's still fucking. You know, under the influence of the Russians. You True. have no idea. But that that leaves you know mystique, mystery. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Just make her a badass. Yes. She was actually, I guess, supposed to be in Endgame. They mm. were going to have something for her, um, like show her like during those five years, I guess. You know, I, um, but then they ended up cutting it out. So I don't know if they actually shot something or if it was just in the script, but, you know, she was going to have, you know, a small role in it. Like, I would have been fine if she had shown up during, like, the hologram moment with Black Widow. Like, okay. she's, like, just, you know, doing side missions for her or something. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. That would make sense, too. Um, but, yeah, no, I, it, it it's a character where I actually was left wanting to see more of, so I think it's cool that they're bringing her back for this. Uh, but also, we've got uh, a director named for the show. She's going to actually be directing every episode, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Scotland, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, she has directed uh, The Walking Dead, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, she's also done an episode of The Punisher. So, um, and she's she's Emmy nominated, so she knows her shit. Yeah, I mean, all those shows are literally badass. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it sounds like a good fit right now. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. It also sounds like Falcon and Winter Soldier might not be the actual name of the show. Yes, um, which makes sense. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Mm. <laughs> and it sounds more like a like a Saturday morning cartoon. Which is like, fine. They did soldier. put up the logo though when they announced it. They had like a little logo for it. So, but I mean, whatever. That probably took them like you know two minutes to yeah. throw together. Um, I don't know what the hell they would call it though. You know, Captain America. Right. I mean, I guess they wouldn't because if it is called Captain America, they couldn't call it that before they mm-hmm. you know Endgame came out. So, and they have confirmed that this is going to really be about, like, Sam, you know, picking up the mantle of Captain America. Rise of America. Rise of Captain America. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's why good. we don't get paid to make these decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid to do much, damn it. So, no, no. Definitely not this podcast. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, also uh, this past week we had news of uh, the Saw franchise coming back. And it's going to be helmed by none other than Chris Rock. Okay. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, so Chris Rock is going to be executive 
producer of the Saw franchise. I guess he has a new concept, a new direction for the franchise. I'm guessing this is going to be a complete reboot. Um, you know, so he's taking his concept. He's got writers helping him. Um, and it looks like it's going to be released uh, October 2020. So they're okay. in pre-production. So it sounds like Lion Gate is going to be following kind of the template that Halloween set up uh, with Danny McBride, where they just grab a comedian and like, hey, go. Um, it was successful, but <laughs> it feels like out of left field. Um, I didn't know that Rock was such a hardcore like horror fan and Saw fan, right, in fact. I guess. But I mean, if he's got a great concept for the series awesome mm -hmm. you know i i know you're a saw fan i'm a saw fan you know maybe not of the later sequels but you know i thought it was a great character and if that character can live on i'm all for it i'm just interested to see what that new direction could possibly be i don't know um so here well they actually interviewed him for the piece um he said i've been a fan of saw since the first film in 2004 i'm excited about the opportunity to take this into a really intense uh, twisted new place, which is hard to believe. I don't know how it can get more twisted or intense. <laughs> uh, added longtime series producer Mark Burge and Oren Colas. Um, Chris wants to put his own spin on the Saw franchise, uh, the way Eddie Murphy put a completely fresh perspective on the buddy cop film, uh, 48 Hours. This new Saw is going to be an event film in the making for horror fans. It will have all the twists and turns for uh, hardcore fans, um, except uh, directed by one of the masters of his craft, Darren Lynn Bowsman. Uh, we can't wait to get this started. So, I mean, they're already, like, in full swing, it sounds like. Hmm. Um, but, like, this totally caught me off guard completely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's a Halloween staple, so we'll see, like... And I, I you know, my... Always my one gripe with the Saw films, it like took over October and for some reason all the studios refused to release any other kind of horror movies during mm. October because of Saw, um, which was just weird because, you know, horror fans just want to see horror movies mm -hmm. in October, you know, and I feel like mainstream audiences want to see horror films in October, but for a while, for like a good like five years, it was just Saw in October. Um, so... But, I mean, I wish them well, I, and I want to see a good Saw movie again. So, hopefully he's got something, I'm you know, not mad at it. I'm just, I don't know what they could do to change it up, you know? I mean, I guess Danny McBride did, you know, did well for himself. You know, I wasn't in love with the last Halloween film, but, you know, it got the, stu that name got the studios, you know, excited, and mm -hmm. of Chris Rock you know, I guess can bring some shine to, like, you know, the Saw films, then why not? So if that's what it takes to get these franchises going again, I'm all for it. All right, well, <laughs> we'll see it next year. <laughs> yeah, right? 2020. I know, it's nuts. It's crazy. Be a part of our preview. Um, all right, so other than that, this week, Vanity Fair did a huge fucking piece for Star Wars Episode Nine. The Rise of Skywalker. It was like someone just sat there and wrote an essay on everything Star Wars coming up. <laughs> I was surprised how much information they got. Yeah. It was real. It was a nice piece, though. I mean, it was. I mean, it was revealing. And 
I don't know. Do you feel like they're feeling kind of, you know, desperate? They need to, like, bring fans back in and win them over again so they're more willing to divulge information at this point? I just hope they're not too desperate. Yeah. Me too. Me too. You know, I want them to tell their story that they want to tell. I don't want them to feel like they have to cater too much to disgruntled fans. Because the fans don't know what they want. No, they don't. They don't. And they're going to piss on anything that they do at this point anyway. So just tell a good story and leave it be. So, but yeah, anyway, some awesome fucking photos though, right? Yes. So let's break down what we learned from that article. Well, uh, step one, we got the official time jump, which would be just about a year after the previous film. I was surprised by that. You know, I thought it'd be at least a couple years, Mm -hmm. you know, where we'd have, you know, I don't know, more of an established resistance at this point, because last time we saw them, there was like maybe like a dozen people left, Mm -hmm. it felt like. So, um, but yeah, no, so it's just a year at this point. So, I mean, that's cool. I don't know where that necessarily leaves our heroes. A year is still enough time to build things up a little bit. I just wanted to see Rey more, like, fully formed as a Jedi. Well, But uh, I guess Luke didn't have tons of time to train (laughs) either, if you really think about it. So, I guess it's fine. No, but the article does speculate that, you know, Rey is at... A different level of learning after reading the Jedi texts. Yes, yeah. yes. So I guess she's been training on her own, or do you think she's been using like a, a Force ghost of uh, Master Skywalker? I feel like she's been training on her own, and we'll see the first rea- like interaction between a Force ghost and her in this film. Okay. okay I feel so. like they would save that for the screen. Okay. You know? That interaction, that moment. Yeah, and you know, like, with one of the pictures, the fans, I guess it was like, it was in a Force Ghost version of Luke, but we got to see, like, Luke with mm. R2, and fans started to speculate right away that he was still alive, which I thought was completely, like, ludicrous. And not just fans, like, it was actually, like, sites like Nerdist and stuff, mm-hmm. but started to, like, speculate. I was like, I feel like it was, like, a flashback scene or something. Yes. I, I'd be a pretty upset if they brought him back to life, just... Yeah, just, just let it be. You know, I know some fans were definitely upset about, you know, the way he went out, but I was actually okay with mm-hmm. it. You know, I'd much rather have him be there for that battle, you know, and go out that way, but whatever, you know. So, I mean, at this point, you know, you're just retreading, you know, old ground, and it's just going to open up old wounds, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, just let it be. Uh, what else did we find out about our characters? Um, Poe Dameron has also kind of like kind of gotten his way back up to leadership position over this year. Uh, you think it'd take him a little bit longer, but he is. Well, it does state that you know at the end he's kind of he kind of reestablished himself mm-hmm. too. So, but I, and I felt like film wise he was because there's no one left. No, really. true. <laughs> so really, unless they're gonna like fucking make Rose the fucking general, I mean, it only makes sense. For Thank Poe. God, we don't need that. But no. <laughs> Anyway, leave her alone. Uh, but yeah, hey, I know. No I, think, I think Poe should be locked up, honestly, for <laughs> war crimes. But <laughs> it is what it is. So I guess he kind of did redeem himself at the end, but you know, and learned a very kind of? valuable lesson at the cost of thousands of lives. <laughs> so, but uh, yes, no, we, we find out that Poe seems like he's more of in a leader position. So is Ray, and so is Finn. Mm-hmm. You know, which we kind of figured, you know, that that would be the core. It's kind of like that passing of the And I'm sure your favorite general. Rose is also, you know, I mean, in I'm position. sure she is, but as long as, you know, she's fighting, you know, 
a fight and not fighting with love. It's let it go, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else did we learn, Christian? Uh, well, we got our new character, um, Zori Bliss, uh, played by Russell. Um, it's Carrie kind of, Russell, right? That's from uh, she's from Felicity, right? Yes, yes. So that's deep like, ties, deep ties. That's JJ's like first show, mm-hmm. I believe. So, all right, she's not taking off the mask, though. I guess is, she's. Are, going, is she not? No, that's what they said. That she's hmm. going to be. She's going to stay in the helmet the entire time. Um, if you haven't seen the photo yet, she's a bounty hunter. I dig the mask. I think it's awesome, too. I saw people griping about it, saying it looks too much like uh, the Rocketeer and Boba Fett handled Love Child. But both of those are awesome fucking costumes, (laughs) so who gives a shit? I think it looks fucking great. Mm -hmm. You know, and I love me some bounty hunters, so um, bring it. Uh, I I thought it was a great design. You know, I will own the toys soon. (laughs) After the film, do you think this is a great opportunity to bring her back for the Mandalorian series, which is in between? Well, the Mandalorians, uh, but that takes place right after uh, Return. Yeah. So you think younger. maybe you can tell her, like, you know, origin story? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if the, if the character takes off, sure. Hmm. You know, if they do the classic Star Wars things where she's just in a couple scenes and she just has a couple lines, you know, but is a badass, you know, you know the character will take off. So, um, yeah. No. I I'll, Everything's on the board right now. You know, maybe she'll get her own series. Who knows? You know, <laughs> Disney's just throwing series yeah. out there for everyone. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, what else do we get? Um, Richard E. Grant's character officially announced um, Allegiant General Pride. Yeah. And, you know, the way the picture that they showed, mm-hmm. just uh, there's a dynamic between him and General Hux. Like Hux is kind of standing behind him. It made me feel like Pride was in charge. Mm. So I'm curious to see what that's about. Like, is this a character that we just haven't seen before? You know, someone who's established in the First Order. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. There's don't definitely know. a lot of talk about talking about the origins of the First Order within this film. Mm. Um, be interesting. I think the it'll be a fun dynamic having, you know, you have Hux... And Kylo going back and forth, and then Hux brings in another commander being Pride and, you know, having this kind of different struggle there. Yeah. Do you feel like the struggle is really between, like, Kylo and Pride? Do you feel like that's going to be, you know, where... I feel like it'll be a side part of what's Especially if Pride had any kind of, like, allegiance to Snoke. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, is he going to be kind of wary of, you know, following Kylo? And we know Kylo's completely unhinged. Yes. So, um, just an unstable character. So, um, you know, we'll see, too. Especially with, like, Palpatine, you know, being lurking in the background somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see the direction we go into. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think everyone's hopes was that we were going to get... Uh, Thrawn. Yeah. Thrawn, yeah. So. It could still be Thrawn. It could be. I mean, we're just seeing an un-CGI version uh, of the character. But probably not, right? I guess. I mean, he could still show up and just not be... They you just know, didn't Robert put Lee. the makeup on him for that picture. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we also got confirmation that the Knights of Ren are definitely in the movie. Yes. Which was good news. Uh, the article talked about, you know, them being aligned with uh, 
Kylo, but then they also talked about, you know, Kylo mowing them down at one point. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of talked about that in the trailer. It looks like he's taking out the Knights of Ren. But then, right after the article dropped, Vanity Fair, like, retracted that and said, no, 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 we, we misspoke. That's not what happened. But it's like, really? <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, you know, I'm just surprised they would give away such a big plot point off the bat like that. But... I don't know, man. I mean, just the trailer alone, seeing that, you know, scene makes me feel like they're turning on Kylo or mm-hmm. Kylo's turning on them at some point. If it's not a vision or something. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, it could be a vision, I guess. But I feel like still that lays the seeds mm-hmm. of, you know, there's going to be a face turn coming for Kylo here. So, um, which I guess makes sense. Typical, you know, classic Star Wars yes. storytelling. So... Um, and it's worked so far, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just don't want to hear people bitching about like, oh, this is what they do, you know, it's just a rehash of, you know, what we saw in the original trilogy. That's what these movies are, you know? I don't mind that. I don't have a problem with that. Because yes. if that's part of the story, you know, it always has been. But I am looking forward to whatever comes next being something new. I am too. I am too. So, I, I'm absolutely. But... I want to see what happens, how this story ends, mm-hmm. you know. And if they go that classic route and we get those tropes, I'm not mad at it as long as it's done well. So, um, what else do we have? Is there anything else major? Uh, just the announcement of the planets, you know, Kajimi and Pisana being the two of the two of the major plants that we'll be uh, visiting. And those Pisana, are plants that we haven't seen before, right? Yes. Uh, Pisana being the desert plant that we see Rhea in the trailer at the beginning. And then Kajimi being a more snowy planet. Yes, and that's kind of, we got the picture of Bliss on that planet. Mm -hmm. So, and then people watching the trailer uh, pointed out there's a ship going to that planet, seems like. And once again, this is just fans, you know, speculating that the ship looks very reminiscent of the ship that uh, leaves Rey on her planet when she was younger. Well, you know what, Damon? I see a Honda Accord on almost every other block. So maybe not everyone has just one ship. So you think you know, that's like just... the Honda Accord yeah. of like the Star Wars <laughs> galaxy? <laughs> I'm with you. I think that's a stretch. But, you know, people are speculating mm. that, you know, Ray's family is on that planet. And that's why we're headed there. You know, and even people started going as far as saying that Bliss was possibly like Ray's mom. And, you know... I just, I don't need Ray's family storyline. I think you're going to get it, though. I understand what you're saying, but I think you're going to get it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so. I don't think it's going to, will it hurt your movie-going experience if they give you, like, some background? If it's over-explained, if it becomes something where it's, like, it's a major character from the Clone Wars or something like that, that will bother me. If it's a major character from the Clone Wars, Clone Wars or original trilogy, just, okay, I don't, I don't need. That. I don't think about like as long as it's not like, you know, Luke's her real dad or you know mm-hmm. Han Solo's her real dad. I'm not gonna be bothered by that so much, you know. Like as long as it's not like too on the nose and directly tied. God, what in. if it is Han Solo? And they do the whole like they had a whole strong connection where they're really brother and sister. Yeah. It's what these movies do, right? 
It's the circle of life, right? <laughs> I'm ready for the new trilogy. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the rest of the podcast. So let's move on. But all the photos, it looked really promising. Yes. Right. Everything looks awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. From Star Wars before Christian, you know, has a tantrum. Um, we got tons of trailers this week, too. Absolutely. Uh, first up is the new Terminator trailer. Dun, 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 dun. Dark Fate, right? Yes, Dark Fate. Dark Fate. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. So, Dale, what did you think about this trailer? I liked the first minute of it, and then it kind of went downhill for me um, because I realized it felt like they were rehashing things that we saw from all the previous sequels. Yes. That this movie is supposed to be ignoring. <laughs> Um, it felt like we got a little like Terminator Genesis, um, you know, uh, we got an older Arnold in this and I, I felt like we saw that before. Um, it feels like the, it fits in that timeline, which they're saying doesn't exist. So I just don't. Cause this is supposed to take place after judgment day. Like all those other movies didn't happen, you know, according to this new movie. Sure. Um, Whatever, man. <laughs> I don't write this shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, they. I. This movie's gonna be directed by Tim Miller. James Cameron is back as a producer. Um, he has nothing but glowing things to say about this film. Shocking. Um, but I feel like he says that with every Terminator sequel. So I don't really trust him at this point. I know his hands are busy with fucking six fucking Avatar sequels that he's juggling right now. So I'm sure he had nothing really to do with this. Um, I'm happy to see Linda Hamilton back. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was saying, like, I felt like her introduction to the trailer was totally fucking badass. Um, I thought the effects for the new Terminator that we saw, like, hunting them looked really cool. Um, he does this weird thing where he's in the truck and he, like, basically, like, leaves his exoskeleton behind and forms onto the hood of the car. I thought that was a really cool-looking scene. Um, but, yeah, I, after that, though, I don't know. It just felt all downhill. And, like I said, it felt like things that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been excited for any of the Terminator films since, you know, Judgment Day, honestly. What was the third one that they did? Um, it's not Salvation. It's it's something else. But it's when John Connor's older. Okay. Yeah. No. And, I, and there was no John Con- Connor in mm. this trailer, at least. So I have no clue where he is. And it seems like we've got a new Terminator protecting a little girl. Like a new family, for some reason. Um, so... I. I'm at a loss. It's like a new form. It's like the same formula with just like new faces. It feels Mm -hmm. like. And honestly, at this point, I feel like this is a movie that could just be remade. Like there's no reason to go down this route and keep on like, you know, convoluting the whole fucking, you know, story arc and, 
you know, just like, okay, ignore these movies, but, you know, remember these two movies, <laughs> and we're going to have all these callbacks to these movies, uh, but just pretend they didn't happen, and we're going to just kind of cherry pick what we liked and didn't like. It, it just, I don't know, it's too much, I think. For, if you know, for me it's too much. I'm sure it's too much for, like, just a, you know, regular movie-going audience. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of shit no one's going to get. Yes, and everyone's going to be confused, like, wait a second, I thought this, you know... Anything with fucking, you know, time travel and sh- I mean, it just gets crazy after a while. So, um, you know, we did see Halloween do this. It's very, you know, similar, you know, with Halloween kind of ignoring all of its sequels and bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, so maybe it'll work. I don't know, though. Um, I, just the, the way that the trailer ended with that insane last scene where... I was like, is that Linda fucking Hamilton's <laughs> old ass hanging off the bumper of that car, like flying in the air? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, okay, if that actually happens in the movie, I can't, I don't know, I couldn't take it seriously if we have a 60 year old woman, you know? I don't know. It just, it was too much. Yeah. So maybe that was the Terminator, you know, but then she's, so the new Terminator is, you know, more human than human, right? Like she's. I guess. There's a whole, like, line in the movie where, like, you're almost human. I am human. Which yeah. is, like, straight from Salvation. Yes, right? That's from <laughs> Salvation. <laughs> what the hell's going on? I don't know. Uh, I don't need to see Arnold Schwarzenegger anymore in these no. movies. You know, just fucking tell a fucking cool story. You know? I mean, just, if you, if you have to do a Terminator movie, then just start over again. Start fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, my one gripe with the new Terminator, I like, what is he fucking wearing? <laughs> he looks like he's shopped at, like, J.C. Petty's or something. You have Arnold in these this badass fucking leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, even fucking the T-1000 is in the cop uniform and everything looking like a badass. And then you have this dude looking like he, like, shopped at fucking, you know, uh, J.C. Petty's fucking, you know, dad section. Like, I don't understand... You know, it's like the softer side of Sears. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> like, he wants to hunt victims, but be comfortable at the same time. I'm assuming it's just whoever he rolled up on. Just the first person he saw. Okay, but it's a movie, so could the person at least, you know, look yeah, like a badass? costume design and shit. Who knows? I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. We're supposed to believe this guy's a threat. It's an know. unassuming person, you know? You're not supposed to... Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. He's only a threat. Get him a leather mode. fucking coat, damn it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm not too excited for this. I can't lie. Well, Damon, is there a movie on this list that you're more excited for? Yes, absolutely. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we got a full trailer for that, uh, the upcoming Quentin Tarantino mm. movie. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting... I love that stuff, you know, with the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Crown you Nazi bastards! <laughs> I love Tarantino, um, and this was everything that I wanted to see in a Tarantino film, hmm. like in two minutes. <laughs> so uh, we went from the absolute like ridiculous where we are seeing, you know. Um, Rick Dalton um, you know his past roles you know we're seeing a little uh, it feels almost like an homage to Inglorious Bastards um, you know him in a western um, 
you know, and then you, we get a great scene with Al Pacino. Um, but then at the same time, we see the first like meeting between Brad Pitt and Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. So, which I, that the, that's the part of the movie that really, really, you know, gets me excited because I want to see what Tarantino's going to do with like a Charles Manson and that whole fucking twisted story. Um, you know, with the Manson murders. We do see them later on, like, walking in the dark with holding knives yeah. and stuff, so... Yeah, I want to see, like, mm-hmm. where are you going with this story? You know, um, so, I, you know, obviously great soundtrack right off the bat. You know, it feels like Tarantino. It's getting great, like, uh, reviews right now. I think it just opened at some festival. I can't remember oh, which okay. one. But, you know, critics are fucking clamoring for it. Um, it feels like a complete, like, love letter to, like, you know, classic Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, from that time period. No, it's so, definitely classic Hollywood with a twist. Yes, yes. So, um, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Um, I do like what story beats that we are getting, you know. Um, you know, we see Rick Dalton feels like he's on, you know, on the outs when becoming an actor and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, on the later years He's of living his next door to the next hot thing in Hollywood. And I like all these different pieces. You know, you have the uh, uh, the stuntman. He's, you know, he's trying to find his own way. And he, of course, finds Charles Manson. It's just like, it's it's interesting, like, how these three stories might Bruce revolve. Lee just so Bruce happens Lee is just to there, be but there. Fuck. <laughs> Who knows? Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how these three stories kind of revolve around each other and how these lives affect one another. Let's see how much they go into, like, Sharon Tate, too. Hmm. You know, and if they can keep that tasteful, because that is kind of a hard line to, like, walk, you know, because, I mean, Sharon Tate's a real person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful to a victim of a horrendous crime. So I want to see how he kind of toes that line. That that will definitely Ray's also be... Tarantino. He is. But I feel like because it's, <laughs> you know, it's not just, you know... World War Two, <laughs> which I guess you know he did fuck around with that, but that was done in like such a tongue in cheek way where like sure Tate still has like families out there. It's not like he was using like actual like you know characters from history except for fucking Hitler and fuck Hitler, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, you know I just feel like it's gonna be a hard line to walk. I want to see how he juggles that, like how much of a role she really has mm-hmm. in the film. So, uh, but yeah, no, I it looks great and it's right around the corner so we we have a busy fucking summer yeah <laughs> jesus christ which and is a good thing yes because last summer i felt like was dead like it was a real slow summer which was weird yeah we pretty much were so living pr- off new japan and that was about it yeah so uh, this this <laughs> summer there's like pretty much a release every mm-hmm. week so we will be busy uh next up was a small teaser for picard the new star trek series on cbs all access it looks like we're going to be following an older picard um it was a very short like teaser Mm. it just had a voiceover it sounded like someone interviewing picard um you know asking him like what happened um in his later days as admiral for uh starfleet um, it seems like something went horribly wrong where he was forced to leave, you know, Starfleet. So, um, and or betrayed. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So it looks like we're getting old man Picard, honestly. Mm. <laughs> so it like had him, it looked like he's got his own vineyard and everything like that, which was, you know, teased in, you know, 
uh, next generation and everything like that. I talked about like I think it was like a family like you know thing that you know was happening at, you know in France or something like that. I think they actually had an episode where they went there at one point. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I once again banned. <laughs> These streaming services are making it harder and harder for me. Not are you going to, to get it to watch the show? Maybe you know. I mean, Give it I like keep, a month. I could, I guess. Mm. I mean, I, I, I have been, you know, I, I have been kind of wanting to see the new Star Trek series right now. I'm hearing mixed reviews on it, but mm. I don't know. I love me some Star Trek. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's another streaming series. They're like a series or two away from me subscribing. I think at this <laughs> point, because Twilight Zone's also mm-hmm. on there. But, you know, Star Trek is, it's, I don't know, man. That, that, especially Picard, that's, I know, that's hard for me to turn away. So, we'll see. But, you know, these these streaming services add up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, well, that does it for traditional news. That's right. Is it time, Christian? Oh, it's time to get into everyone's favorite segment. Or just yours. Everyone's favorite <laughs> segment. Christian's Corner. So, Damon, some interesting stuff's going on in the world. Some big, okay. some big stuff. You know, there's there's been an ongoing war. It's been going on for generations. Okay. You may you may have heard of it. The console good wars. Evil. Oh, the console wars. Fuck okay. good versus evil. Console <laughs> wars. What was I thinking? Sorry. <laughs> uh, for the longest time, you know, Microsoft's Xbox versus Sony's PlayStation has been like the big two. You know, going up against each other. Um, you know, right now Sony's kind of kicked Mark, uh, Microsoft's ass with the PlayStation Four. Um, just it's it's been on a wave of terror and everything, and it seems to have put Microsoft in a position where they've been working on their own stuff, and they even teamed up with Nintendo. Uh, they started doing sharing back and forth, and it seemed like PlayStation wanted to keep its you know keep all of its merchandise, all its work to itself. Doesn't want to share. Doesn't want to do any crossplay. No, like um, no crossovers. Know, yeah, like, no, okay. like uh, someone playing on Xbox and play with someone on PlayStation. Nothing like that. It's just their IP. And yes, like that, so exactly. Um, but then some new players enter the game. Um, Apple and Google have both started to introduce new types of streaming consoles. Okay. Where it'll be a streaming service. You'll just play a game from any device that you have. Okay. And makes sense, right? Exactly. I mean, the infrastructure's there. We're just kind of in... We're still in that, like, we're almost to that point where everyone's got internet. Everyone can really, you know, get into this. So Google and Apple pushing that type of market um, is kind of putting stress and strain on typical consoles. And, you know, this whole concept of what um, gaming is, you know... Mm -hmm. Uh, so Sony and Microsoft have decided to shake hands and team up. Wow. Uh, Microsoft has its own cloud service. So what they've been you know, building upon is now Sony and Microsoft will be using this cloud service in their future consoles and future plans. So it this seems is just in the name of taking out Google and Apple so they can compete against them. I guess. Yeah. At least being able to compete in that type of market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they definitely are going to rely on what they already have 
and then building for because the future definitely seems like streaming and cloud um, cloud gaming is definitely going to be the future. Yeah, Which, uh, I mean, you know. yeah, because right now at this point, right, like hard copies of games are kind exactly of, right in the past. Like people still get them, mm-hmm. but it's more about you can just download the game at this point. Right? Exactly, and there's even the consoles themselves are is didn't they do like um, someone's offering like a streamlined version of the console, right? Oh, uh, Microsoft right now is doing um, just a download version only. Yeah, like it's just the bones, mm-hmm. right, of it. But with cloud gaming, you you take away the console completely. Uh-huh. You know, you just have, you know, it's running somewhere else, but you can play it wherever. Okay. So just, I mean, so that makes it, yeah. I mean, that's a cheaper service that's every, like... I'm surprised Netflix didn't try to get into something like that. Exactly. But right? it seems like they wanted to stay away. They had some type of reason for staying out of the market. Okay. Okay. Because it just feels like something right up their avenue. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's the, it, it feels like that's where everything's headed. You yes. Know? Um, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I've had sour experiences with streaming games, so I'm not like, you know, I can afford better internet nowadays where I can play a stream game fine, but it's just, I, I, I worry about, you know, like, not to get political, but we just had this infrastructure meeting with Trump, and he just walked away from it. Yeah, because he's know. an asshole. <laughs> to get political, but anyway, go ahead. Not so we're <laughs> still at a we point. Downloads. Yeah. <laughs> we're still at a point where we're not building upon broadband, even though we're in this generation of five G and everything um, growing. Uh, and I just worry about rural areas, places that can't afford consoles and everything. Yeah, right. Uh, they, they're not going to be able to reach the service, and they're, it, it's just going to be a loss in market. So do you feel like we're really, it's really more like five, ten years down the line when it really, like, you know, takes over? I, I would say it's close. It's sooner than later. Okay. You know, I would say five years is a good, good estimate. Okay. Because uh, that's a lot of people are calling this the end of consoles, you know, um, and this next console generation could be it, you know, uh, towards you know building these because like even so what what I want to talk about next is you know PlayStation Five had like a tech demo in front of all their people and someone was Christian Corner you get five minutes dude I don't know what, what the <laughs> <hell is it laughs> next. <laughs> This isn't Christian Avenue, okay? This is Christian's Corner. Well, you're trapped in it for a little bit, all right? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so they had a tech demo, and someone was secretly filming it. Uh, you can find it on our Facebook page, the video. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. it was, they were. I mean, they were showing off the speed of the next PlayStation and everything. All and right. How did it, was, it look? It was about eight times faster than the PlayStation 4 Pro, which is their current, like, highest market. Oh, wow. Eight um, times faster, yes. huh? Yes. Uh, it was running, like, um, 0.83 seconds to load something rather than the PlayStation 4 Pro, which was, like, eight seconds. Wow. All right. So, I mean... Yeah, so, it's a big upgrade. It's a big upgrade. Uh, they've, they've put a lot of specs into it, but, you know, they introduced that concept of... You know, instead of it being, you know, we're going from where like PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 were like, okay, they're buying this console and everything's going to be on this console. PlayStation 5 seemed to have this loose concept of this is just a basis for everything. 
Um, there'll be cloud gaming, and we can also have people cloud gaming on the PlayStation 4. Um, we're just going to rely that the sales for the PlayStation 5 will come from people who enjoy the PlayStation 4 product and are moving forward with it. Uh, it's it's definitely it's a different type of sales model than we've ever seen, especially in a console type market. So they're definitely they're pushing forward towards you know using that cloud service that Microsoft has and everything and kind of going towards that gaming on all screens. Okay, you know, it's more just an entertainment center again. It's not you know just this gaming um, box. Yeah, anymore. No. And they, they want to be competitive. They have mm-hmm. to stay competitive. It makes sense. So, all right, man. Well, so it's definitely it's a new it's, era. It's a new era. <laughs> all right. Are but, we done now? Are we off Christian's Corner? Well, no, we got to talk about the end of an era. Oh, that's a, is that Christian's Corner, though? It started in Christian's oh, Corner. It's going to end in it. Christian's Corner. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's the end of an era, Damon. The end of Game of Thrones. Was it a good era, though? It was. You know, okay. I I loved Game of Thrones. Because it's getting a lot of heat right now. <laughs> There's a lot of hate right now. It's, I'm not talking about the, sh- the whole series. I'm talking about, like, oh, okay. the well, finale. The finale itself, it was okay. You know, I was, I'm not mad at it like everyone else. I can definitely see these were the bones of what Martin was writing and what he wants for every character to reach to. But it doesn't have... You know, the meat to get there. Okay. You know, which the books will definitely, you know, fully expand on and fully you grow. Just and fucking then... finish those goddamn books, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus. It's just, it's just one of those types of situations. Um, they just, they completely, I don't know, they wrote it like it was a TV show on any other network, on any other. Which is unfortunate yes. because that's not what this series was. No. So this series was a fucking odyssey, mm-hmm. you know. So for the last, you know, six episodes, the last season to be just kind of, you know, I don't know, like, you know, uh, microwaved and just to get this kind of, I don't know, this I don't, just less than, mm-hmm. you know, product, you know, storytelling wise is just disappointing, you know. So, I, so what, you know, I heard, like, did it do anything to redeem the last episode where we you were kind of saying that you felt like <sighs> Daenerys's turn felt so rushed and it just you know it didn't we didn't get enough build up for it. If anything, the last episode was more well done than this episode. Okay, but it did nothing to really redeem no anything we saw story wise. You no, know, we we see Daenerys kind of finish her um, her prophecy. Of reaching the throne and like, it's almost like a, they tried to do kind of like a similar shot to shot with her um, vision from season two where she was heading towards the throne. And um, so she gets her vision. She gets her vision and everything. um, But how does it end? It ends with John. Spoilers, by the way. (laughs) Heavy spoilers from here forward. Yeah. Um, So before this, we have a... uh, Tyrion is in prison. Okay. You know, he he was caught for betraying her by having Jamie and everything be set free. Okay. Um and uh, you know, he he in front of everyone, he throws his hand symbol to the ground and it's like you murdered everyone. Yeah. In disgust. You know, he's, he's good he's for him. Upset. Yeah. 
But she doesn't kill him right out? No. Uh, she just has him sent to a prison first, and then they're going to execute him later. Oh, okay. So it's in the name of executing him at yes. some point. Okay. Um, so he has this whole moment with John. Quickly, is she feeling any remorse for anything? No. She is in a place where, while the other um, people who don't understand Valyrian can't understand what she's saying, but we, as people who can read the fucking subtitles, um, and Valyrian, she's telling all of her troops, this isn't the end of the war. We're going to keep going. We're going to go to each place and liberate them. Okay, in her way. (laughs) In her way. Interesting. Um, So, yeah. She's so still, she's not even bothering communicating with the rest. She's just talking to her people now. No, we'll we'll hear. We'll get there. So John talks to Tyrion, and Tyrion basically explains, you know, the right thing to do is to kill her. You know, we your love for her is one thing, but she's just she's just going to burn more cities. She's going to do what she's done here again and again. In her idea is the good. You know, this is good for everyone. Uh-huh. Um, so John has to make this decision. He goes to the throne room. He, you know, finds her right as she's like reaching for the throne and everything. She tells him the story about her childhood. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the story like in telling? Was it anything? It was just like, you know, I was always kind of give you any kind of like, I don't know, clarity on like the choices that she's made. It's the story about the, how the throne was created. Okay. It's something we've heard before. Okay. Um, John, you know, she's like explaining, you know, we can create this vision together. You know, we can still give this another shot. Um, John explains, you know, you're always my queen. I always love you. And then he stabs her. (laughs) Um, So there's no real like redemption or anything. (laughs) I always love you. You're always my queen. (laughs) And then he stabs her. Yes. Okay, because I mean, the, I I guess there's got to be part of them that's feeling guilty. Oh yeah, like, he, you know, he's like totally distraught by this. Yeah, man. no, he's I, I'm sure he feels like he has blood on his hands. So. But at the same time, nothing's really changed for his character. You know, he's always been that guy. It's just like I don't want to be the hero, but I'm going to be the hero type uh, of character throughout yeah. this entire thing. Yeah. Um, I okay, you know. Um, so do you feel like the character hasn't gone through enough of an arc? It, with the show ending yeah his arc feels really soft okay comparative um I think the the only thing that I really had an issue the big like that's all fine as as a rush show as this season was I didn't that didn't bother me the only thing that bothered me is fucking Bran okay Bran whatever okay um the three eyed raven okay so we get so after Daenerys is dead um, you know, they're deciding what to do now, you know. Do they so the troops then capture John? Capture John, yeah. John's okay. um in prison uh with Tyrion. Uh we don't Where's see her him. fucking dragon? Uh the dragon flew away with her body. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. After he burns down the throne. So the dragon burns down the throne? Yeah, he melts the the uh uh seat and everything. After she dies? Yes. He's like fuck this shit. He does. He does go after John. He looks at John, and John thinks he's about to die, and then he turns his head and melts the throne. He's like, "I'm with you, dude." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I get 
Bitch went crazy. I get it. Like the fan theory. That's one, of, weird. one of the fan theories, which I think is funny, is that yeah, uh, he looked and saw something pointy was cut into her, and so he looked at the throne, and the throne was filled with pointy objects. So he's like, "Well, maybe the throne killed her." Bitch had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird choice, though, right? It's it's symbolic. You know, I guess I don't know. Do we have like the, the dragon display this kind of like I don't know intuitiveness? Like the dragons have always been told as they're very intelligent creatures. Okay, so we they just understand. haven't really seen it that much. I'm not, not sure. too much. Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have they have to decide what to do now. Um, Gray Worm wants everyone fucking dead. Yeah, he wants so John he's just killed. Bloodlust, like, yeah, um, he's over it. But Tyrion and the rest of them come up with a compromise. They need to. Well, first off, they need to choose a new leader of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, and it's a big choice. <laughs> Wars have been fought. Yeah, <laughs> for this, and they choose Bronn. Who is they? Oh, um, it's Sansa. It's all the lords. And Grey Worm is backing this. Like he's 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 for a, some reason okay with it. It, it's real weird because I don't know why he would even be letting Tyrion talk. Yeah, he's a he's about to be executed. He well, he's there as a prisoner, and they're they're discussing like no, but right, he's in jail because he's going to be executed. Correct? Yes, okay. But so why would Grey Worm like he sees him as a you know he betrayed? So, okay, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask. I don't you have the to explain their logic. You told me to speed it up, okay. and then you want me to explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was off my Christian. <laughs> um, she, so they decide Bran is Bran is the best choice. Why? Because he has the best story, and he's able to see all of their past and know all their history, so they can stop them from making the same mistakes. And it feels like the most. He has the most cocky ass line in the entire show Wouldn't after him... doing nothing. Damon, remember, he's done nothing to help anyone in the scenario, okay. in any of the scenarios. So they ask him if he's okay with becoming king. And he's like, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> I could totally picture him saying that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? You, you, you said that you couldn't asshole. be the fucking yeah. Lord of Winterfell because you're the three-eyed raven. So this obviously like means that you saw royalty yeah. this entire time. <laughs> so he let all those people die to become king. Yeah, that's not very yeah. And the and the whole point of uh, him becoming king is so that they will every he can't have children. So every time you know they they need to have a new king, they'll vote on it. And this is their idea of breaking the system that they already have. So but it's, it's really democracy is really what what's going on. It's in a they laugh they kind of, they have this moment where they're like oh we'll have everyone vote on who will be king. how ridiculous is that yeah they all laugh at it <laughs> so they mock de- democracy but they also have this yes. similar concept okay it's <sighs> so he you're right he did just let all those people die like how does that make that character appealing at all to anyone like how like i mean how do you justify that i don't know they really if he saw this coming Hmm. he could have technically stopped it right i mean i I don't know how his powers necessarily work 
but it does feel like that. His powers are also linked to those. It's fucking... also unredeemable, <laughs> if you will. The other thing that doesn't make sense is his powers are linked to those trees. Okay. And those trees don't exist in the south. Okay. So, like, it's, how is he still able to use his abilities when he's so far away from those warm trees? Interesting. It, yeah. They nixed his whole story. <coughs> from the books. They nixed, like, there's a lot of elements that they just completely got rid of and didn't elaborate So they're unexplained. On. So it's completely unexplained. You have no idea what he's doing in the Battle of Winterfell because he disappears. Like, he's there, but he wargs out. And I remember people complaining about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what and we have no idea what he's doing. There's no explanation to that. There's no, It's just... It was frustrating. I'm sure. I'm sure. It sounds... Fr- I'm frustrated listening to it, so... So, uh, I, I'm I'm assuming there's a much better story there. That but Martin's whatever, tell, Like, yeah. he saved for himself. First books that are never coming out. <laughs> so, um, you know, Arya decides that she's going to... Yeah, where the hell's Arya during all this? Um... Arya's there during the meeting. She's also there um, when Tyrion gets, you know, uh, told that he's uh, betrayed them and everything. Uh-huh. So he's got to be jailed. But uh, for some reason, you know, she doesn't react. Um, the horse is missing, by the way. Like, it's like the moment she's back in the town just walking around. And she doesn't have this horse that she had in the last yeah. episode. So the, nothing came of the horse? No. It, so it's just symbolism. Yeah, but we nothing. felt like it was gonna be right, like it was gonna symbolize death, and she was gonna have like mm-hmm. a, a big hand in like Daenerys is dying, but I guess that not. never. Yeah. Okay. Her her point seems just kind of pointless in this episode. Like her story's just basically done, and you know they mm-hmm. just have to finish it out. Um, what she ends up doing is she decides that she's going to leave and see what's west of Westeros. And we'll never know because she's not getting a side. Uh, a side I was about show. to say in her spinoff series. No, <laughs> no she's not getting one. They nope. said that already clarified. She's not getting a spinoff series. I, I'm calling bullshit on that. Or at least they said don't wait up for one. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense because it feels like they totally set her up for a spinoff mm-hmm. series. What's going on with John then? So does he stick around? So to compromise for John killing Daenerys, uh, they sent him back to the wall. To the, the Night's, Night's Watch? Watch? What's the Night's Watch doing anymore? Now it's just pretty much like a prison camp. But it's it's the same thing, but it's just a prison camp. Because they're not guarding it's the just wall send, It's just to send people they don't want away. Oh, great. Okay. But, since no one's paying attention, he's just able to go past the wall with all the wildlings. Oh, so now so he's he going to rule the wildlings. The wildlings. Okay. Sure. Um, Sansa decides the North doesn't want to be a part of the Seven Kingdoms, so... Wait a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Yes? They're in charge now. Why would they fucking banish him? Like, why would they banish him if they're in charge? Who knows, Damon? Because guess what? The, um... The to appease uns- Grey Worm? Yes. The Unsullied all leave to go back to North across the islands. So there's no reason to... For him to go up north? None. Like, all he had to do was stand there, wait for the boats to leave, and that would have been good. No one's going to know if he went north or not. No, I fucking hate everything about this. Everything <laughs> you just described to me sounds awful. There's, there's no I'll watch now. it myself, but like, for myself, but it really does sound horrible. Like, it just sounds like a clusterfuck. It's just so rushed. 
It's so, but it doesn't even stop because at least if it was rushed, it it could still conclude in a satisfying way yeah. where like at least you could make sense to their arcs. But I hate where they're ending up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hating where the characters are, you know, at the end of the story, and that's a huge problem because it doesn't logically it doesn't make any sense. Like if they're basically in charge and they have the throne, they don't need to send John away, mm-hmm. you know, to be with the like it. You know, no one's calling for justice anymore. She was the Mad Queen, so it doesn't. The only one calling for justice was the Unsullied. And they're gone. And they're gone. And who gives a shit about them anyway? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that'd be like giving, like, the Nazi soldiers, like, a fucking say in, you know, how Germany is run. Like, it would make no sense, you know, at the end of World War Two, Like, it doesn't make... Like, you're Nazis. We don't no, care. No, trust me. I you was slaughter just like, a bunch of innocent people. We don't care what you think. <laughs> We're getting rid of you. It didn't make sense. I'm guessing there's, once again, elements that we don't know about. <laughs> That yeah. are just there. Because I'm curious to see, like, and we haven't heard, like, any timeline for those books to be released at this point. No, still not. Um, and Sansa is Queen of the North. Okay. The North splits off onto their own kingdom. Fine. I feel like we're getting set up for a sequel series now. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no plans for It me. might be, like, five, ten years down the line, but I feel like we're eventually going to get there. Or a movie or something. Ten years would be great because that fits in with uh, the moment with Tyrion and uh, John. Um, oh, where's Tyrion? Where does Tyrion end up? He's Hand of the King. Are you <laughs> So they let Tyrion stay, but fuck John? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bronn makes him the Hand. Like he says he doesn't want to do it, but uh, Bron's like, yeah, you're no, you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. Sorry, I keep saying Bron. His name is Bran. Bran. Because okay. Bron is master of coin now. Okay. If you remember Bron, um, he his buddy, the the kid, right? Was no, the, the, he the journey he's went? the one that helps Jamie Lannister um, learn how to fight again. He's also saved Tyrion multiple times. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, fine. Um, earlier in the season, he... He makes a deal with them, right? Yes. Okay, now I remember that. that so he's master seems... of coin now. So uh... they allow him <laughs> in the kingdom, but not John. Yes. I have a real big problem with this, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not signing a petition for them to remake the last season. No, but... Well, they needed like two seasons. I say two. Most people say one. Really? To, I, to I, really think two, I agree out. with you. I think two. <laughs> it, but it's still, once again, it's a self-inflicted wound. Like, this is their own doing, which mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't think HBO would have been like, no, no more Game of Thrones. You know, we don't like money. Like, that makes no sense. Maybe all the actors' contracts were coming up and they weren't signing. Who knows? They could have just... I don't I don't know. Man, that's disappointing. But no one sounds satisfied. But it's it's not an error of, you know, the cinematography. It's not an error of the sound. It's not an error of the actors. It's no. it's just the writing. So all the performances were strong yes, still. Yes, absolutely. But it's just the writing. Which is... A key, I mean, that's the story right there. Mm-hmm. So that's a big problem, though. Uh, that's 
truly disappointing. No, this season. And we still got more. And we got more water bottles, right? Like we actually, got, right? Oh, there's yes, like there's more another sh- water. Bottle. I saw. How does that even happen? I have no idea. There's someone on set, like for there's, continuity. Exactly. Like there's. <laughs> I have no idea. But oh. that's not the the problem. Is is how do you get from that to the editing room yeah. to release? Oh yeah, no right. You know how many times that shit gets watched before it yeah, hits exactly. television? No. no, it doesn't make any sense. And then it takes one guy on Reddit to point it out? Yeah. And then it gets it edited goes viral. out? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know, man. It, it Once again, it sounds rushed. Yeah. I don't know. So I'd be interested to go through, like, if someone's going to go through the series now and see if they can find more that, <laughs> like, people never really noticed. So, I mean... I can't judge the series off this season, you know. The series on itself is, yeah. is amazing, but this this season was just... And there's plenty of series like that where it's a great series, but the last season mm-hmm. is just a dog. That, that happens to a lot of great series, so it just sucks because it's the whole arc. You know, it's not just some cheesy fucking sitcom we're talking. It's not like fucking Roseanne or mm. something like that where you get a really bad last season that you have to just wash away, pretend it didn't happen. You know, th- th- this was the whole story. You know, this is where the characters ended up. Um, you know, which I, I mean, it's part of Martin's plan, like, you know, in the long run, even though it's like a bare bones version of it. So... I don't know. And maybe, you know, with his books, it'll kind of justify mm-hmm. where they ended up, where it makes more sense. Um, I don't know if it'll make the series any easier to swallow, or the last season, I should say. But it does sound truly disappointing. No, my uh, my goal is to start reading, like, this weekend and moving forward. Just to wash the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right, man. So we saw something else over the weekend yes. um, that, I don't know, I can at least say I really, really enjoyed. And uh, that is John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, You can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. And now, our feature presentation. 
So I thought this was an absolute masterpiece of violence. <laughs> this was everything I wanted from this film. Um, you know, I it literally is just, you know, it's video game style mm-hmm. storytelling, you know, just from the opening of the film, you know, throughout the entire movie, but it didn't fucking matter. Like, I, I don't go to John Wick to get Games of Thrones, like, storytelling, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't need much of a plot. And mm. this is, I mean, the plot is thin at best. But what I do go for is violence, you know? I'm not a violent person, you know? But I feel like watching it on a screen like that, it has a therapeutic quality to it. And this definitely was that, you know? I'm... It was just fun, and it mm-hmm. was creative. Um, it was things that, I mean, fights and deaths that I've never seen before on the screen, just in such creative fashion. Um, you know, fights that kept you on the edge of your seat. Um, from the opening where he uh, fights the guy in the library, the giant yes. in the library. And I think he, he's a basketball player. Is actually. he? I mean, because at first you don't realize how tall mm. he is, and then it pans out, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> um, you know, it's this giant, lanky mm-hmm. dude, and just that contrast between the two, and like seeing John using this fucking book to like fight him, and it doesn't pull any punches whatsoever. I mean, it. it None of the violence ever gets old or you never become like desensitized towards it because it's all impactful because they keep it creative and Mm -hmm. fresh. You know, um, every scene is different. Um, You know, like I said, you know, he beats the guy. He kills the guy with a fucking book in this, you know, in that opening scene. Um, But it it just, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. When I saw the runtime, for this movie it two hours and ten minutes i was like what the fuck are they doing mm. with two hours and ten minutes that felt extremely long for a john wick movie but it didn't feel like two hours and ten minutes to me you know um because it kept you running like you were literally john wick running through this movie <laughs> um i loved it i loved mm. the aesthetics of the film um the it, it felt less lived-in than the first two, you know? It felt almost like, I don't know, because most of the, like, when you're in New York, most of the scenes take place at night. It almost felt like they are like, on the set of Blade Runner, strangely mm-hmm. enough to me. Um, but at the same time, it made sense for the movie, and it gave it that kind of fun, like, video game quality. Um, and usually if I called the movie, like, saying the movie was, like, you know, like, had a video game quality to it, it would not be a compliment but in this case, for this style of movie, I definitely felt like it's a compliment. Yeah, and you could definitely see the level structure. To yes, everything absolutely. <laughs> like we, you know, we get done with you know uh, the tall guy in the library, and then we move you know on to like you know John trying to like get his hands on weapons, and then he ends up in this fucking hallway of knives, and he's dealing with all these assassins. Um, John's excommunicado. So after the events of the second film, you know, where he kills someone on, um, what's the name Continental. of the hotel? The Continental. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically broken the rules. So now he's fair game. And they put a giant fucking marker on his head. So 
and apparently all of New York are assassins. Like <laughs> literally everyone, like as he's running, you just see everyone looking at their phone, like getting this message that he's excommunicado and like everyone's eyeing him. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> he's on the run. He's, he goes to this fucking, you know, this, it looks like it's like a, almost like a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in the middle of this hallway that's just filled with knives and like the most insane knife battle I have ever seen, you know, on film takes place. Um, but it totally sets the tone for the rest of the movie. So, I mean, they do not waste a punch a gunshot, like everything in this movie, they make counts, you know, um, which is hard to do because there's a lot of punches, there's a lot of gunshots, <laughs> there's a lot of deaths, but they make it all entertaining. Mm-hmm. Where you know you're on the edge of your seat, you feel like you're with John Wick, you feel like you're running through these different levels. Um, just fun, just a fun movie, you know. Um, I really, it, it, you know, movies like this is like they're like cathartic to me. You know, where it's, you know, you can just kind of lose yourself in it and just, you know, marvel at the sheer ridiculousness of it. Um, And just, you know, it keeps you guessing, like, what you're going to see next. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought, especially, they're so fucking ballsy the way they shoot the fight scenes, too. Like, you don't get, like, a lot of movies like this, you get these, like, close-ups and a lot of, like, you know, flash editing where you're seeing, you know, just, like, you can't really tell what the hell's going on. And then, you know, the characters just end up in, you know, on the ground or dead. Mm. You know, no, you get wide shots in this. And you're fucking seeing everything that's going on. It's so well choreographed. It's insane. It makes sense. It's directed by a former, like, yes. stuntman. Um, no, it's know. definitely not, like, Taken 3 where, like... Everything is a cut on every yeah. action, every motion. And that happens a lot with like mm-hmm. action movies. And I mean, a little bit of that's fine, but so many movies rely on that. Um, you could tell that, you know, Keanu Reeves did the work. Yes. You know, um, you, he definitely feels, you know, authentic. You know, like he could possibly be doing these insane feats. Um, right. Trust me, most of the time I was sitting there trying to figure out when's the switch between him and his stuff uh, yes you know yes absolutely absolutely um you know i so he he goes through this journey and everything like that and he, he's on the run and you're trying to figure out kind of like what is his end goal what he, he's he's pulling all these markers and in what and like people owe him all these debts and everything you're kind of seeing what he meant to this community at the mm-hmm. same time in a strange way um, you know, what kind of assassin he was. He's kind of like the assassin with a heart of gold, it seems like, which is insane to say. But uh, he's pulling all these markers so he can, you know, get to this endgame. Um, and you're not quite sure where he's going or why he's going. He wants to see the table, like the, the person who sits above the table. Um so he goes through this. We meet Halle Berry's character, who also that whole fucking like. Cause it, I'm not a huge Halle Berry fan, so when I found out she was in the movie, I was just kind of like, ah, you know. Um, but her fucking her fights, like she did her work too. It mm-hmm. seemed like you know her shit was believable also, and the shit with the dogs just made it so different than everything else that we we're seeing. It right? made up for Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. Okay, pump the brakes. Nothing makes up for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it was, it was such a well done yeah. scene. It was so different than anything else in the movie. But like once again, it feels like a different level of a video game, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, now we've got dogs. You know, like it just felt that way, which was cool. Like I, I, I was a fan of everything they did in this movie. If you can't tell, uh, but yeah, no, it was it kept it interesting um, and fun. So, but yeah, so you get him, you know, going through this journey. He's got to fucking walk this desert. You know, to meet finally. This was the hokiest part of the film for me. Yes, I agree. I agree to a certain extent, but <laughs> I can forgive it. So, but do you want to explain what happens? Um, so he, yeah, he he's told that he has to walk to the the end of the desert and then keep walking until he's de- so dehydrated that they find him. Uh-huh. Uh, they do find him. They pick him up. Uh, he meets the man above the table. And pretty much has to kind of, like, he's begging for this all to kind of stop, in a way. And, you know, the man above the table um, explains, the only way this is going to stop is if you do this job for me. But I did enjoy his motives for everything. Yes, his so wife and he wants his to be able to remember his wife. He mm-hmm. wants to keep her memory alive. You know, which I thought, okay, this makes sense. You know, he's deeply in love with his, you know, his, his uh, wife. Um, who passed away and you know he wants to keep that's why he's living Mm. you know even though he's completely you know tortured by it and everything like that you know he he wants to still exist so he can remember his wife so okay cool i get it so yeah so he he ends up pledging his allegiance back to the table so i was like i can make sense of that you know the table forgives him as long as he takes out winston who is the head of the Continental. Yes. So, and it seems like he's on board, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like, okay, he's going to do this because all that matters to him is that memory of his wife. Um, so he gets to the Continental. You know, um, he meets up with this assassin that the, uh, the, I don't know, she's like a lawyer or something of the table? Yeah, the adjudicator. The adjudicator. She's been going go. around throughout the film uh, kind title. of uh, punishing all the people that have helped him. Yes, yes. So, and she's got this, like, assassin clan who's, like, going to supposedly, mm. you know, watch over John Wick. And, Who are all you know, big fans. Yeah. Huge fanboys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Huge fanboys. But it, you know, it worked. You know, the comedy of the whole situation mm. totally worked. I can't, I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head. The head guy, he was fantastic. No, um, their fight sequence at the end was my favorite. Like, yes. Um, doing pretty much what is video game levels you know going through the the bottom tier second tier and the top tier yes well so what happens is though winston uh lets it like basically has a meeting with the adjudicator and everything like that mm-hmm. and he basically tells her that i am not leaving the continental because they're punishing him for you know basically giving john wick like an hour to get started um instead of just taking him out right away um, because, you know, they're, they're basically punishing him for helping John, mm-hmm. um, you know, but he decides that he's not going to leave his post, that he's going to challenge, you know, the table. And he basically gets John to go along with him, which that's where I was kind of like, well, wait a second, because <laughs> John just went through this insane journey, cashed in all these markers. You know, walked literally mm. to the edge of a desert and beyond, all to remember his wife, 
you know, and to, like, beat the odds, because, you know, he'll survive for so long, but eventually they'll get him, only to get convinced by Winston in, like, a two-minute dialogue to, fuck that, let's go ahead. True, but Winston's reasoning is very, it's it's the opposite, but it's the same, where it's, is this the way your wife would want you to hold her memory? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Because it feels like he's still, obviously he's not a man who believes in heaven, you know, like he, he know if he dies, you know, that's it. The memory's gone. So why would he? And just it just felt very quick, you know. Um, but I can forgive it. Yeah, it you know, I can. I whatever. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sets up for a better like finale at the end, yes. right? Um. So, but yeah, no motives aside, John decides to turn on the table, uh, side with Winston. And now the shit's hit the fan. You know, not that, you know, the shit has been hitting the fan mm. the entire fucking movie. So we get an insane scene where it's just literally John, the manager, right? Uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. The guy I, from The Wire. Yes. Um, you know, and... You the concierge, or whatever, however you say that word. Yeah. yeah I'm, the concierge. 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 Yes. Well, yes, whatever. <laughs> they, they team up. They team up. Uh, you know, they've got, like, the bellboys with them and everything, mm. too. But, like, yeah, they, they, the table sent, like, this insane fucking, like, SWAT team in there, uh, with crazy armor. So the whole story is, End like... game enemies. Yes, yes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yes. So we're basically playing the game on hard right now. Mm. And John has to figure out a way to fucking kill these guys. So he's, like, literally having to shoot them in the fucking seam of their neck. You know, to get anything. Because headshots aren't working anything. Um, until they figure out that they've got these fucking... Right? How do they get the shells? Um, they go back to the room. He, you know... Okay, we can't get these armors with our normal guns. So let's, you know, use the high-powered shotguns. Okay, that's right. I don't know why they didn't pull those out in the first place. But fine, whatever. You I, know? I feel like they didn't know how much they would need... At that point, this is a complaint that I've heard from a lot of people. Okay. Where they're like, why'd they just bring out the shotguns in the first place? Yeah. They didn't know what they were walking into, so they thought their weapons would work. We got to establish, yes, we get to establish their armor and, you know, what we have to do to get rid of it. So I get it. And then they're fucking busting holes through people's skulls. Holy shit, fucking, yes, yes. Heads are just exploding. (laughs) Yes. Um, So it, man. It was enjoyable, though. Mm-hmm. It really was. So, just ridiculous action. You know, they don't even waste the reloading, like, of the guns. Like, the reloading is part of the, chore- yes. you know, choreography. I, I love that, you know, because so many movies, they're just like, whatever, fuck it. Mm-hmm. No, that's part of the whole fucking scene, is the fact that they have to reload. Now, obviously, they're not reloading as much as they would actually need to, but it's still part of the mm. fight. It's still fun to reloading. watch him take the like the ammo off of his enemies yes. and like throw it into his own gun. Yes. I love every sequence though they do when they're all standing there having to reload real fast and then whoever They're gets... literally like sitting there like yeah in front of their like yeah. <laughs> that that's great. That was great. So it was a great way to build mm. tension and everything like that and suspense in the scene, you know, in a movie where, yeah, you're literally just running around and just fucking shooting people. Because after a while, you would feel like you would get numb, but no. Um, I think it was, like, Francis Ford Coppola was, like, talking about, like, 
you know, what made his, like, scenes, um, you know, violent scenes in, like, movies like The Godfather stand out. And it was like, it's just the little nuances, you know, make the scene something that you haven't seen before, mm-hmm. the way the actor, you know, moves or something that he does before the kill, you know, to make it really stand out in your memory. That's how you keep it fresh and, you know, impactful. And that this movie takes that and turns it on to, like, ten, you know, mm-hmm. it really... It, it's insane because there's so many of those little nuances in each scene where, you know, you're literally reloading in front of your enemy, like racing them. Um, just great fucking shit. So, um, but yeah, so we get you, we, we get them mowing through those guys then, you know, um, and then he, John has to face off against this assassin clan. He fights two of the guys, you know, feels like two of like, you know... I don't know, there must be like sergeants or something like that. They're more mm-hmm. skilled um, before he gets to the main ones. It was a great fight scene. It almost felt like he kept them alive, like on purpose, too. Oh, he did. Yeah. Like just because he because they kept him bringing, so much. Well, they kept bringing him back up. Yeah. Like they could have killed him like two or three times in that fight. Yeah, and there's just honor there. So mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I'm going to let you live. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in chapter four. And that's already been announced, of course. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, he gets to the head, and it's a great fucking fight. It really is. Um, you know, they give them time. It feels like a fucking old school, like, kung fu movie. You know, I mean, this this movie does something where it, it switches gears so much mm. in, like, the fight styles. Um, it just keeps you guessing and wanting more. So I thought that was a great fight scene and everything. Um, what did you feel... How did you feel about the end of the movie? Um, where they end up, you know, where John's on the roof after defeating everyone. It's them. It's Winston and the Judicator. You know, they're hashing out a deal, like how it's going to work. She mentions, well, we could just keep on sending waves of mm-hmm. these people, you know, these assassins after you. This doesn't have to stop. So they come to a deal. And Winston basically betrays, you know, John. You know, Do you feel like he was really betraying John? Or just his way of knowing that John would survive it. You know, she, he he literally turns around and shoots John off the roof of the building. Because well, he immediately says, like, this cheeky line, like, who knows? You know, like, if he's actually dead. Yeah. Ooh. Like, like he maybe knows. he had something set up, mm-hmm. too, with, like, Lawrence Fishburne's character. You know, A, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, because Lawrence Fishburne's character's been forced in a corner, too, mm-hmm. now. So it feels like next movie it's going to be, like, New York against, you know, the table. That's really where it feels yeah. like. So John ends up in an alley, you know. Fish, Fishburne's, you know, people grab him, take him down to the sewers, and then, yeah, that's where we end. You know, he's a mess, you know, and Lawrence Fishburne's, you know, bringing him. I can't think of the name of the character, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, it super entertaining. Yes. You know, um, if you had to rate this movie, Christian, what would you give it? Um, I think I'd give it... I think I'd give it a 3.5. 3.5 out of 5. Yes. I It's it's a great action piece. It's a great action story. There's nothing much else there. Uh-huh. You know. I'm going to give it a 4. All right. I'm going to give it a 4. Just because I didn't expect much else to be mm. there. So I'm going to judge this movie in the genre that it's in. So I'm going to give it a strong 4. Um, if it had a little more substance, it might have pushed it over. But I think it did what it did well. 
It kept me entertained for two hours and ten minutes. No, it felt like an hour and thirty. Yes, tops. exactly. A movie like this has no business being that long, mm-hmm. but it kept it entertained the entire time. That's all that matters. So, and I saw shit I've never seen before. <laughs> um, you know, memorable shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I really enjoyed this movie. So four stars. All right. Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <coughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even... Frickin' YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. You couldn't get the job done when I could only give you half my attention. But now that you cost me my SmackDown women's title, I can slap you around full-time on Raw. In fact, in fact, I can slap the head off all three of you right now. Oh, is that so? The three of us against the one of you. <laughs> I'll be your partner. You're still one too short, sweetheart. Actually, all right. She'll do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't agree to any of this. I'm you not... just need to stand there and look pretty. The man will take care of the rest. Let's go. Damon hates wrestling. All right, Christian. We are coming off the Money in the Bank pay-per-view this past weekend. Yes. We had some highs. And we had some lows. Let's get into it. Yes. Let's see if they <laughs> rose to the occasion. Oh, God. All right. Ascended. So, <laughs> so we had the kickoff match. Uh, the Usos versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, um, in a non-title match because the Usos are on Raw. And why they're wrestling, I don't understand. I don't know, but... You know, they need to have a match. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of these people are doing on the kickoff show. I almost, part of me feels like it's their way of punishing Daniel Bryan, you know, because of the whole, like, Saudi Arabia thing. Yeah, but don't punish the Usos. They've been on the more, Usos, like, pre-show. I know, like... I know. I feel like the last couple of years they've just gotten over that, uh-huh. the whole, like, you know, pre-show stigma. But, yeah, no. Vince hates the tag team division, um, and this is proof of it. Because Daniel Bryan does not belong on any pre-show. But fair enough. He's on the pre-show. The match was good. Mm -hmm. You know, it was solid. They lost. The new tag team champions lost. But it doesn't matter because it's a non-title match. So, I don't know what the point is. It'll never be mentioned (laughs) again either, so. Well, they did it 
they did do a backstage like vignette with Daniel Bryan saying that he was a failure and everything like that. I think they're kind of writing him off TV for the next couple weeks since he won't be at the Saudi show. Um, you know, whatever, I guess. You know, good for him, first of all, for taking a stand. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no. So it is what it is. I, I, I don't know. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's good, though, I guess, for 205 Live because they actually got a place on the main card for once. So, yeah. You know. I still treated it like it wasn't important. A bathroom so. break? Yeah. Yeah, me too, kind of. But <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but, yeah, we started off the card, the main card, with uh, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Christian, who do we have in this match? Uh, we have Bailey going up against Naomi, Carmella, and Natalia. Ember Moo, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Cross, who was filling in for Alexa Bliss. Who was not medically cleared. No. Which is worrisome. You but know? She, she did wrestle on Raw. No. No? No, 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 no. She was in their corner like she was the gotcha. third person. But she sat on, like she basically sat on the apron with a, a cup of coffee. So they're doing um, her segment. Her, what's her talk show? Uh, Moment, Moment of Bliss. Bliss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross challenged um, the uh, Iconics, and then, oh God, who else? Oh, Lacey Evans, to a match, and they just needed a third person. So, you know, they dragged Alexa Bliss there. Hmm. So, and she sat there and drank coffee. Yeah, so I, I, I hope it's not anything, you know, serious. Right now, it mm-hmm. looks like it is, though. Um, I don't know if it's concussion-related. I'm guessing that's what it is. You know, she was out for a decent amount of time before Mania. So, and there was a lot of speculation then, you know, whether or not she was going to have to retire. So I hope that's not, you know, the case and that's where we're headed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, but so anyway... That was raw, <laughs> which we'll talk a little yeah. about, you know, while we pepper kind of, it in. Yes, talk about the card and everything. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we had. Um, I thought we had a decent match here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought it was a smart choice to actually have this as the opener. Um, I felt like it was definitely just heat wise, it was the lesser of the Money in the Bank, you know, um, matches. Mm. Just because you know, I I wasn't really this this roster or this. Um, group of women aren't you know my favorite necessarily um you know especially since you've got you know carmella and mandy rose and dana brooke you know i didn't feel like this was the strongest match they could have put together for money in the bank but it came out too that ruby riot actually had soldier uh surgery this past week because you remember i was questioning i was like why is ruby Riot not Mm. in this match i felt like there's so many other women that they could have had like they could have included in this match and they didn't um, but yeah, so that kind of makes a little more sense to me. So, but I think overall it was a little clunky here and there, but hmm. we had a decent match. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the spot where Carmella got injured? Yeah, and she got pissed. Yes. Yes, I did see that. Yes. So, because at first I was like, is this supposed to be happening? Like, yeah, know, I was like, oh, is, is, is this just like a play? Because it happens all the time where the one person will get injured and then show back up. Uh-huh. You know? mid-match or by the end well then on twitter she actually kind of mm-hmm. like talked trash to mandy rose like she told her to go back to nxt and learn how to wrestle yeah so she deleted that yeah immediately yeah. afterwards yeah so 
and you know I've seen Carmelo wrestle this past year so <laughs> she's got some nerve <laughs> she has gotten better I will yes. say that but you know shit happens in the ring it's not ballet hmm. so um, but anyway Bailey went over here um, which I was excited about mm-hmm. I really was excited by I think I texted you right away that I thought you know we were going to possibly get a cash in and a heel turn from Bailey tonight so and I was almost partially right. correct <laughs> But we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Were you excited to see Bailey win? Um, I was happy for her. You know, I I thought it could go to many people in this match in many ways. I'm still waiting for Ember Moon to get a fucking push in the main roster. I agree. Um, but I would like to see Nikki Cross also. That is I thought well. she had a good showing though. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're starting to feature her more. I'm I'm intrigued by her relationship with Alexa Bliss. I am over the spot where people put the ladder on their head and start spinning and then wrestlers forcibly run into it. The Terry Funk spot? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I always pop for it for some reason. But, you know, I love Terry Funk. So it'll always be the Terry Funk spot to me. Uh, But, yeah, no, I, I agree. All right. And then just the slow climbing up the ladder. Like, if there's no one around you, wait a little bit. You know, before you start ascending the ladder, you know, just mm-hmm. give it. I mean, but that happened in the men's match too. So it happens at every ladder match. <laughs> I know, but you, there's a better way. There's ladder matches where it doesn't happen in, you know, because it's just ridiculous. It's like it, it takes wrestlers fucking two minutes to climb up a fucking ladder, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little much. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I get it. So, but yeah, Bailey went over. They do need to reestablish her, you know, mm-hmm. make her look strong again. And I felt like this kind of accomplished that. Now, whether or not they can, you know, maintain it, we'll see. I've heard that she's slowly getting away from being the hugger. Yeah, no. No? I don't think so. <laughs> she said it in an interview gotcha. in one of her promos, but she came out the same entrance and the same gear and everything like that. So they're going to have to do more than a couple sentences in a bad promo to make me believe that because mm-hmm. it's just i mean she's marketable you know tell younger audience so until she turns heel which is what i was hoping for um i won't believe it so but anyway so we got the united states championship on the line next ray mysterio versus samoa joe uh, i was totally surprised to see samoa joe get busted open in this match yes yes and he he took a nasty blow to the face mm. though i mean that was ray's ass that basically cost the hard way so um but i was i was happy that wwe didn't like pan away no yeah. you know they did a fucking close-up on it so i was like okay good for you <laughs> Blood sells. I don't care what anyone says. Mm. Maybe that makes me a barbarian, but I want to see fucking blood. So <laughs> it happens, you mm. know. Uh, but yeah, um, I was surprised how quick the match was. I yes. don't know if this was kind of a pay, you know, a rain check for you know the WrestleMania you know match. Um, but they're one one now. So Rey Mysterio did capture the U.S. Uh, title. Uh, I was surprised that Dominic didn't come into play here. You know, I, uh, I'm glad that Samoa Joe went ballistic after the match and started to beat him down. Um, and, you know, Dominic was forced to watch. Hmm. Um, but I was expecting him to get involved somehow. You know, he just eventually got into the ring after Joe left. So um, Joe was staring at him. So I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. I don't know how old Dominic is. 
You know, I don't know if he's even 18 yet, so I don't know how much involvement I thought he I heard them say he was 17, but I'm not 100%. Okay, because I know he's training, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, shit, he's probably been training since he was six. Uh, Fucking Mysterio wrestled when he was like 13, <laughs> so. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say Ray did come out injured from this match. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Legitimate? It's, it's still not confirmed. It's a rumor. But it sounds like he separated his shoulder when he oh. was getting slammed there. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So he is older, though. I mean, it's going to happen at this point, you know. But he's, I mean, that's two big injuries. If it is, if that's true in the last, like, couple months. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to make WWE very, like, gun shy with him. You know, so I, I hope that's not the case, though. So, because I do want to see this, like, program, you know, between the two. Like, and I want to see them have. An actual, like, legitimate match with, yeah. like, you know, at least 15 minutes long at this point. So, um, and it feels like they've got a storyline for them, you know, which is rare nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's a great, like, clash of styles. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's talk about a match that wasn't a great clash of styles. Uh, the Steel Cage match between Shane McMahon and The Miz. Yes. This was garbage. Yeah. Um, Just Shane trying to run out of the cage the entire match. I don't mind that aspect of it. I no, just, I, I'm fine I don't with him being see a coward. The, one, I don't want to see this match anymore. Like, they completely killed the heat <laughs> from it. You know? I don't know if it's because there were so, mu- so many weeks in between, you know, WrestleMania and this pay-per-view. But I feel like they went another direction. They kind of turned the page storyline wise when Shane started to like get into it with Roman Reigns. The Miz became kind of like, I don't know, an afterthought. So I felt like they just kind of were going through the motions with this match. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well, we got to just have to, you know, get this over with. But then, you know, you know, the, we have Shane going over here. And I feel like the only reason he went over is because they're going to start a program with Roman. And which they did. Which, yes, yes. And it was already kind of happening. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is like, it destroys The Miz. It really does. You know, it just totally fucks up his push yeah. and, you know, his whole face run here. So I just, ah, man, they're really doing no favors for The Miz. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns heel in the next couple months. Well. I don't know where he goes as a character. I mean, if Ray is out, uh, I think him versus Joe would be a great way to keep him going. I guess. Those I are guess, two good like, talkers. Having him fucking lose to, like, the owner's son, like, you know, twice in a row. I mean, and I feel like he never got, like, one over. Mm-hmm. You know, even in their little, like, skirmishes, you know, in between these matches. I feel like Shane always somehow ended up on top. You know, I just... I'm, And I get it. Like, they've had Shane go against The Undertaker and, like, you know, take it on these bigger names, you know. But I just... I hate. I hated then. I, I didn't want to see him being pushed like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like I, I just can't take him serious as a uh, as a wrestler, you know. And to have him going over on the Miz over here, you know, especially where the angle is like the Miz defending his family, you know. I mean, it just it kills him as a face. It really does. Do you think so. this will build towards a like SummerSlam match? Between the Miz and uh, Shane. Shane. I hope not. Because do you want to fucking deal with this for 
two and a half more months. <laughs> no, and I feel like they'll take a small break, especially if he's going up against Roman. Hopefully but... the Roman thing is just for like uh, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know, though. I feel like that has more legs than him versus The Miz. Like, I could see The Miz maybe getting a match on him on, like, Raw or something like that. Like, eventually getting a win. You know, trying to, like, you know, save, like, salvage his face run. But I just, it it really does no favors to Miz. You know, I really, especially a character who, as a heel, was such a coward and everything like that. I feel like they needed to have him, you know, get, like, a strong win in his first program as a face. Mm -hmm. So they really needed to put him over. You know, it, it's just unfortunate. You know? uh-huh. And then just the match itself. I just, it, I don't want to see Shane, you know, it, like in the center of the ring, you know, uh, you know, fighting, you know, it, do your little spots here and there and that's it. And we got a, like, you know, the spot off the cage with the fucking shirt, which is a miserable finish. Uh, he's such a sweaty bastard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't need uh, to see Shane throwing those horrible fucking punches. No. You know, Nobody needs to see Shane anymore. Yeah. I don't mind jumping continue. off things. If you're going to jump off a few things... Like the <laughs> WrestleMania match I thought was okay. Yes. You know? But that was just like a spectacle. Like, I don't want to see you in a real fucking match. Unless you're in the ring with AJ Styles. But AJ Styles, as I've said before, can fucking wrestle a broomstick. You know? Um, so, yeah. No. This totally... I don't did nothing for me whatsoever. I, don't know. I easily can see them continuing on the Miz story with him. You have Miz show up at Saudi and um, like interfere. Or I think it just could distract happen. Him. I think it could happen. I don't think it goes the length of to SummerSlam though. That's three. So you would literally have six months of this at that point. And that doesn't shock me anymore. No, because they don't do long-term booking anymore. They don't do so long-term booking, but when they have nothing for people, they just keep throwing them against like each other. I feel like they're going to put Shane into the authority figure role, and he's going to be feuding. He's going to be sending people after, you know, Roman. The Miz, like yeah. I said, might get, like, a comeback win over Shane with, like, Roman's help. You know, he interferes in the match or something like that, and then Miz gets one up on him, but then the Miz move on, moves mm-hmm. on after that. Um, so, because God, I do not want to see another big match like this. Like, what's next? The Hell in the Cell? Like, where do you go after a cage <laughs> match? So, um, but yeah, anyway, or maybe they put like Mrs. Dad on a pole or something like that. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with that. But they yeah. bring back the Ambrose Asylum match. Oh, God, no. <laughs> One night only. Uh, all right, so let's move on. We got the WWE Cruiserweights. Uh, Tony Nese versus Ari Davari. Uh, I was surprised that this match got as much time as it did. I was expecting, you know, just like, hey, it's a Cruiserweight, you know, P-break match. Mm-hmm. We'll just get through this. I was cooking food. Uh, and then I come back and, you know, they're still, they're going hard at each other. And they are they got a lot of time. It looked like they were having a decent match. The crowd seemed like they were starting to get behind it. And yeah. Yeah, they they slowly won the crowd mm. over. Um, Tony Nese is kind of bland to me as a champion. I don't know much about him, so. Um, but I thought I thought they both had a good showing. Davari impressed me. Uh, I don't. 
it's not enough for me to get to turn on, like, to make me want to turn on 205 Live, though, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So how pissed off do you think Buddy Murphy is that, like, he <laughs> fucking, you know, had this stellar run as, uh-huh. like, the 205 Live champ and everything, and he was, like, relegated, like, in the pre-show. And then Tony Nese, like, right away when he gets the title, fucking ends up, you know, on the main card. Uh-huh. And then... Buddy Murphy's still not on the fucking show mm. after being called up on the main roster. Like, I don't think we've seen him at all in a match. I don't get it. So, I mean, I'm sure... Like, like throw him on NXT. I know he did have a match against fucking... Um, Velveteen. Yeah. Velveteen Dreams. So, I don't... I don't know. You don't need to call everyone up. <laughs> you know? I like that Tyler has somehow made his way back to NXT and is going up against Dream right now. And I could I would I wouldn't mind if there was more crossover like yeah. that. Mm. They used to do that with um Cesaro would always like mm-hmm. pop up on NXT and everything. They should do more of that. Like especially with the, you know, undercard guys who aren't being utilized. Well throw them over there and let them Especially with the introduction of the new title that we got this week. Yes. Do we want to talk about that now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we got the 24-7 title. Um, during Right during the pay-per-view, they started teasing this. Like, that yes, Foley was that going Foley to be show. showing up on Raw and introducing a new title. Right away, I was like, do you think it's the hardcore title? Because, like, why would you have Foley introducing mm-hmm. the title unless it was the hardcore title? And I think I wasn't alone because the crowd's response to it was d- dismal, you know, at, at the most. Like, I mean... They at first seemed to be behind it, you know, like he mentioned 24-7 and kind of got a pop. Um, But then once he actually introduced the belt as the 24-7 belt and they got a look at that fucking hideous monstrosity, um, the crowd just audibly was was booing, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think it definitely threw him off, um, you know, with the rest of the promo. So it was was ugly. It really was. Um, Just call it the hardcore title. You know, I mean, it's the same fucking premise. I don't understand why they couldn't just go back. I don't have a problem. Because nostalgia-wise, people would have been behind it just because it's the hardcore title. I don't have a problem with the name. I just the design is so terrible, and I'm not a huge fan of the twenty-four-seven title. Like, it's awful. That's awful. (laughs) It's not a great name, but it's not the worst name. I think you. It would have hurt you at all. People were like, oh, they're trying to do, you know, go back and, you know, cater to, you know, the Attitude Era fans. The the hardcore title was a total joke of a belt, mm-hmm. but it was entertaining. It seems like it's basically going to be the same thing, the way they're booking it already. Um, just call it the hardcore title, bring back the old fucking belts. You know, I mean, the belt is so ugly. Jesus <laughs> Christ. They nowadays, even... where you have so many companies that make fucking belts... Mm-hmm. Like there's no excuse for the belt. Our look belt that bad. looks better. Yes. Than that one. No. Honestly. It does. <laughs> oh my god. No. So, even the side plates are blank. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. You know. Yes. No. They didn't put much thought into it. So the report is that it wasn't a WWE idea. That the USA Network basically sent them a list of changes that they would love to see them implement in the program to bring up ratings. Just ideas, suggestions. They were all awful. The 24-7 title was like the lesser of the evils 
So McMahon felt like he had to do at least one thing on the list, so he chose that. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see what else was on the mm-hmm. list. It was probably like bring back the laptop uh, GM. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was it called? I don't remember. Oh, it was horrible. It was and it was like actually Hornswoggle. Yes. Too, like after they like realized that it was going nowhere, they revealed that it was Hornswoggle. Uh, but yeah, no, it... it it just, I mean, it, this is not going to bring fucking, you know, people back, you know, no matter what. I mean, it's good that the lower mid card is getting something, mm-hmm. you know, and have a reason to be there. But, you know, no one, right away you knew it was a joke when you saw who was going after it, you know. It's, so. I, I can't trust that the creative team will make it fun either, you know. No, I agree. I agree. You know, a Crash Holly, right away, when I think hardcore title, I think Crash Holly. Mm -hmm. Like, what it did for that character. Um, You know, him going down the slide of Chuck E. Cheese, you know, fighting in the ball pit, you know, for the title. That's classic fucking Attitude Era shit. It was fun. Mm -hmm. And that's what it should be. Um, But you're right. I don't think they, you know, already, like, the R-Truth stuff is getting stale with that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's your current champ, if people don't know. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Let's move on. Let's keep on talking about the card. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship match with Becky Lynch going up against Lacey Evans. I think this was a good match. I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was impressed with Lacey. So I was worried. I was concerned about this match. I felt like it was like too much too soon for her. Um, You know, I think we saw her on the main stage really in, was the last time we saw her actually in the ring at the Royal Rumble? Like she's just she's, been doing the catwalk thing. Like I think she's like had that. a couple of matches where it was against like local talent. Oh, just like, like squash matches, yeah. you know. Um, so she she definitely was. I felt like in the beginning of this match she was a little nervous, but she kind of like became at ease mm-hmm. and you know started to fall into a groove. And you know, I thought they had a good match. No, I think this was the right amount of time. For the two of them mm-hmm. and everything, um, so how did you how did you feel about the way they booked it afterwards? You know where Charlotte came out right away. I thought it made sense. You know, if Charlotte's trying to just get one over her real fast, try to win the title. Yeah, screw and then her over. You have the whole you know the McMahons are against her mm-hmm. that whole factor and everything, which I'm surprised they didn't have Becky address more. But she's been you know talking shit like he was. She was calling Charlotte and uh, Lacey the McMahon twins. Yeah. Um, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, I love Charlotte's expression, though, when she was walking down the ring. You know, Becky thought she was done for, mm-hmm. for at least now. So uh, they had a, a decent match together. We've obviously seen better out of the two. Um, it was shorter. Um, the, I thought the finish made sense with Lacey Evans, you know, interfering. You know, we, I think we both figured that, you know, there was no way that Becky was going to beat Charlotte yet again, you know, this year. Because I feel like she's handed her a lot of mm-hmm. losses. Unless there was some form of interference. Yes. Yes. So, um, but yeah, no. So we had, we had Lacey coming in, costing her the match. And then all of a sudden, Bailey's music hits. So. Well, I, no. First we have Charlotte and, um, Charlotte and Lacey attacking Becky. 
Oh, yes. Yes, after the match, yes. they both start beating her down even more so after Charlotte wins the match um, in the title. So then Bailey's music hits, and I'm still thinking, what if Bailey takes the title off of Becky, like challenges mm. Becky, you know, for the belt? So, but, you know, obviously it made more sense for her to go after Charlotte right now. You know, I still would have much rather face. seen the latter and had her go after mm. Becky. <laughs> You know, but I guess for SmackDown, it makes no sense to have Bailey as a heel right now. So, since they don't have, like, you know, a number one face in that division. So, um, but yeah, no. So, she got a huge pop, which I was happy to mm-hmm. hear, you know. Um, it, it was a good moment. It was a good moment for Bailey. So. Um, I loved that when she jumped into the crowd the first time, though. The woman that was yes, the master. yes. Like, I don't know what to do. She's right like, I'm now. really uncomfortable with this. <laughs> Her face was hilarious. Yes, uh, that was great. I'm glad she found another crowd. Yes, yes. thank God. Yes, uh, it was a, the, the crowd was definitely behind her, and I kept mm. on flashing back to like three weeks ago when she first came out on SmackDown, and people were just Getting booing booed, her. Yeah. You know, I think that was just all due to the reports of everything, the backstage drama that was happening with, like, her and Sasha Banks mm-hmm. and everything. And, man, so. Sasha's got to be pissed watching this. I'm sure. In some way. Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, maybe not. Maybe she feels like she's making the right move for her and it I is guess. what it is. Do you think this was Sasha's spot? Yeah, absolutely. Probably. I feel like she would have been in the money in the bank. I feel like this is all. Do you feel like that would have been just to appease her? Or do you feel like that's what they were going for anyway? Like they were gonna they are booking towards that. That I can't be for certain. Because it feels like stuff that they would have been like saying, Oh, you know, no, we're gonna we're gonna put you in the money in the bank, you're gonna win her back. Yes. Because I feel like that was probably their thought process. But they definitely need a strong face on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, although I mean, you could make the argument that now that the brand split is pretty much dead, you know, Becky could just been the face of both divisions. Mm-hmm. You know, on both shows. So I don't know, but uh, good for Bailey. Good for Bailey. I hope they don't fuck it up though. So this would be a great opportunity for Sasha to come back and finish that fucking feud. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Where's Bailey finally? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. But yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it was it was a nice moment on the pay per view. Yes. So, uh, all right. Next up, we have Roman Reigns versus Elias. We had Elias attacking Reigns it backstage mm-hmm. with the guitar, and then came out and he did what he actually like completed one of his concerts, which. It was pretty awful. Uh, <laughs> he goes up the ramp. Reigns greets him with a fucking Superman punch. Mm-hmm. And then he brings him back to the ring and pins him, right? Yep. Yeah. I didn't need this at all. No. This was the true bathroom break. I, I laughed when Roman Reigns got like beamed out of nowhere with a guitar, but yeah. Know, I, I I knew what was going to happen after this. I'm like, I was waiting for Reigns to show up to attack it. I feel like time. this booking is going to end up turning against them, and the crowd's going to start turning. Oh, absolutely! Again. They're they're quickly they're just well no they're not quickly they're slowly just pushing him down the same path. Yes, exactly. Of the he's, hero of the show. Yes, and he's opening the show and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're booking him very much like you know you know during how Cena was bur- booked during his like his run. 
Yeah. Where even if he didn't have a title, he was still the main focus of the show. So, yeah. It's going to backfire. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. back from that break alright so yeah next up we had the Universal Championship match with Seth Rollins going up against AJ Styles this was my match of the night by far yeah it was phenomenal yes yes no pun intended other than the yeah no pun intended other than the fact that my girlfriend was literally hooting and hollering at both men the entire time oh really just like gawking at them yes even with AJ's hair yes she loves um, his hair. Really? L'Oreal is what she calls it. My her. wife was like, what the hell's going on with AJ Styles' hair? Like, <laughs> she, she knows AJ Styles, uh, you know, from like the TNA days. So when she saw him, like, you know, on camera for the first time in WWE a couple months back, she's like, what is he doing? <laughs> What's going on? She said it looked like a bad wig. He needs to go back to the short hair. But anyway, that's a, it's a different show. <laughs> yeah. It was a great match. Yes, it was a great From match. From start to finish. Yes, yes. Well-paced. Um, God, man. That reversal of the uh, curb stomp. Yes. Into the Styles Clash. Holy shit. <laughs> that was a smooth piece of business. That was really nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely a match, like an early match of the year candidate for WWE, I feel like. So um, I, I, it's just upsetting because I feel like this program's over now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be moving on uh, possibly to fucking Seth and Baron Corbin, which is just awful. Awful news, yeah. uh, but that's how like the house shows are being booked yeah. for the next couple months out. So I hope that's just kind of a filler. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. The I, other option isn't much better. No, and well, we saw Styles on Raw start a little like feud with Corbin. Mm-hmm. So my fear is they're going to use Styles as a stepping stone to get to Corbin and Seth, um, which is just a nightmare for me. Like what? Like right now, the ratings are in the fucking toilet, and I feel like part of the reason is because they're fucking shoving wrestlers like you know Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley down our throats, and it's not their fault. It's the way they're being booked, but they're giving us no reason to want to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, just this isn't going to help that booking them that strong. All of a sudden, is not going to help that. And if they're going to fucking bury AJ Styles, you know, or just have him lose a feud to get Corbin and, you know, Seth, holy shit, people are going to fucking turn on them fast, you know, Mm -hmm. by turning off the TV, which is already happening at this point. So I cannot see fucking Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin team up one more time. They should have just taken Drew, Baron, and Bobby and split them just across the board. You well, know, I just I keep them as far away from each other as possible because they're just a black hole right now. Well, I have an even bigger gripe where I hate that McIntyre is working for Shane right now. Yeah. I feel, I, I don't know. Like, Shane's going to utilize, you know, the, you know, as many heels as he can. Yeah, but I feel and, like McIntyre needs to be on his own. Yes, yes. And the fact that you had McIntyre lose to, you know, Roman 
just recently. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, are you, you basically, I mean, unless they're going to take that and just have it as a vehicle to put McIntyre against Roman again and, you know, get McIntyre some wins where like Shane is just kind of in his corner. But right now it's the opposite. It's, you know, McIntyre is going to be in Shane's corner um, for the uh, Saudi Arabia show. So I'm not sure. I don't know where they're going, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do you want to see just McIntyre as like this, a dominant heel character? Yeah. Cause they're definitely booking him 50, 50 right now. It's, you know, it's that whole fucking curse of the 50-50 booking mm. that they've been doing over the last decade almost. Where they're, he starts to build momentum and then they fucking, you know, have him lose at Mania to Roman. You know, and I get, like, why that was Roman's first match back after everything this past year. But I felt like the ballsy move and probably the right move would have been to have fucking Drew go over there. You it know, wasn't build, build him up again. But now it's just slowly starting to feel like... It's just the Roman Reigns show where he's, you know, beating each heel to build himself back up. That's yeah. what it's going to be for the next six months. It's going to be Shane versus Roman, you know, and Shane just kind of like, you know, throwing his different henchmen at him. So that that's really what's going to be. And it, it like we're supposed to be getting away from that. Mm-hmm. So the WWE has been stuck in this rut since the Attitude Era of, you know, the wrestlers going against the, you know, the evil corporation. Mm-hmm. So, and it, just get away from the evil owner stick and get away from the, you know, the evil GM stick. Because if it's not a McMahon, it's a Vicky Guerrero or, you know, a Teddy Vicky Long. was fun, though. She was, but it was the same stick. It was the same thing, yeah. you know. <coughs> you know, wrestlers can just be heels on their own. They can get heat on their own. They don't need evil management. You know, to, you know, drum up heat for them. So, I don't know. But yeah, great match. You know, Styles and Rollins. You know, a classic. And I feel like it's a match that I want to see more of. Absolutely. Alright, um, so next up we have the WWE Championship match with Kofi Kingston going up against Kevin Owens. Thoughts? Um, I, I really enjoyed the match. It definitely wasn't up to the same, you know, par as... Um, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, but I still, you know, I enjoy a lot of what happened. I think it suffered because it was following that match. You know, honestly, yeah. I, I agree. Um, it was just a different style of match. I still think it was a good match, mm-hmm. though. Uh, but it's one of those things, too, where now I feel like that this feud is over with. Um, they might have thought about, like, continuing it, but now we found out that Kevin Owens has requested not to go on the Saudi Arabia trip. Um, which more power to him once again, mm-hmm. but they've put uh, Dolph Ziggler in his spot out of nowhere. Dolph came back on SmackDown, beat down Kofi, which I'm fine with because I actually liked his promo afterwards. It was different for Dolph, you know. I feel like once again we've been seeing the same shtick from Dolph for the last couple years, where you know I'm never getting my shot. You know I put on the best matches every night, and mm-hmm. you know. No matter what, I'm always stuck in the mid-card. Um, but this was different because he, he felt more unhinged. So I, I actually enjoyed it. Now, is that going to end up being a one-off? I, I think so. I think it's just kind of, you know, we need something in the meantime since Kevin Owens is, you know, 
refusing to go. Yeah, but you know, I, to travel overseas. I've yet so. to see a bad match between Kofi and Dolph Ziggler. No, no, they're going to have a great match. Mm. I just it's unfortunate because I feel like there was more meat on the bone for Kevin Owens and Kofi Kingston. So, and I hope that they'll pick up, you know, the feud afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I could see WWE being petty and trying to punish Kevin Owens for not wanting to go. Yes. So, I mean, he's always in the doghouse for some well, reason. then do you keep Ziggler going after him <coughs> throughout the summer, or... I don't know. I don't even understand Ziggler's fucking contract right now. Because <laughs> he hasn't been on the show since, no. I feel like, the Rumble, right? No, yeah, he pretty much walked out. Yeah, well, he didn't walk... He's got some kind of contract with them where he can do his own thing. He's, like, there. He's, like, part-time. You know, they signed him for a lot of money. But basically to keep him away from AEW. So he's got a really sweet deal right now. But they can pull him whenever they want. For you know. To fill in for a match like this. So um, I just don't feel like this this program is going to go very far. Mm -hmm. Between the two. I would love for them to work a series. And a whole program together. But I feel like it's going to be a one off. You know, so but this match was uh, Kofi versus Kevin Owens was great. You know, we saw Big E return on SmackDown this yes. week um, to be taken out by Kevin supposedly. So we'll see what happens. You know, um, I would love to see maybe Big E turn mm-hmm. eventually. Um, but I, I feel mean, like what do you, be a great do you story. think it would be a great story? Do you feel like WWE would be hesitant to pull the trigger on that though? I mean. The New Day is one of their most over, you know, commodities. And yeah, but I don't know how much further they can take the New Day, you know? People are still into them. I mean, once they start getting stale, they just change the food product that they're throwing at <laughs> <in> the crowd. <laughs> it revitalizes them, so. Yes, but I also like seeing Kofi in the more serious side of him when he's not throwing pancakes. He's I, definitely, you know what though? He joked about that where like people say I have to be more serious, and he just kept on throwing the pro- uh, yeah. pancakes this week <laughs> during the promo. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 Kofi's been doing much better on the mic and everything like that, mm-hmm. and he seems to figure he. It seems like he's figured out how to switch gears. Mid promo, like where he could be the fun, loving, clapping guy who's mm-hmm. skipping down to the ring and then, you know, turn it on and, you know, be the serious champion when he needs to be. So, and that's a good place for him to be right now because I feel like he needs that. Um, but yeah, I don't, fuck, man. I, I, I would like to see him and Vicky go at it. So, what about Xavier? Is this a case of the Shield? Where everyone was predicting it was going to be Dean versus Roman. You know, like Dean would, uh, you know, turn yeah. on them. But then we actually got Seth, you know, and we figured out that Seth was actually the breakout star. At least from the fans' perspective, not WWE's. Do you think that would hurt any of Xavier's outside work with what he does with, like, advertisements and the up, up, down, down? He, he and... fame's dead. <laughs> I mean, fucking Samoa Joe could be posting, you know, smiling pictures on, you know, Instagram. You know, I mean, hanging out with his family. I feel like Xavier could still do up, up, down, down and be okay. So, I I don't know. I feel like he gets, I I don't feel like he gets enough credit in the ring. 
You know, I would love to see him. He is overlooked, too. but it's just I need to see him built up. I guess maybe Biggie and Xavier turn on him. I yeah. I would like to see Biggie have Xavier as a manager on the heel side. That wouldn't be bad. I would like that. You know, I I would like to see that. You know, because I, I just something different for Xavier. Because I feel like once New Day ends, if he's still like a face, he's gonna disappear quickly. Mm. So. You know, they'll send him like 205 Live or something. So, uh, but okay, let's move on. Yes, so game we have, changer match. <coughs> we yes. have the men's Money in the Bank match featuring Randy Orton, uh, Ali, Andrade, Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Ricochet. Yes. And Sami Zayn got jumped backstage. During, you know, the pay-per-view. But by who? We don't know. He's hung up upside down. They find him. They assume it's Braun Strowman. Triple H comes out. Kicks Strowman out. Um, it makes sense since technically uh, Sami Zayn took Strowman's place mm-hmm. in the match. And they showed Strowman looking for him before. Him. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, you kind of figured it wasn't Strowman. Like Strowman would lie about it. Mm-hmm. So I started to go through the list of people. I thought maybe Bray Wyatt... I thought maybe we'd get Alistair Black. Um, I wasn't quite sure, you know. Um, and we'll talk about who we got in a little bit. But let's talk about the match first. Um, it was all the new or the younger talent, um, just suicide. <laughs> you know, like... Kamikaze, yes. <laughs> Jesus. Some great spots. Some great spots. But yes, taking years off their career... <laughs> For our entertainment. But I loved um, Randy's comments where it's uh, Randy two spots. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. But yeah, no, it was it was it was a good match. It really was. Mm-hmm. I was really into it. I mean, it had high impactful spots that we haven't seen before, like innovative spots, yes. which is hard to do in these matches now because we've had so many of them. But, you know, it was intense. I wasn't sure who was going to win, and I thought that was a credit to the match, you know, that it didn't feel predictable. And there was a reason for that. So Ali's climbing up the ladder, no one's around, and all of a sudden, whose music hits? The Beast, Brock Lesnar. Yes, to the horror of everyone. (laughs) Brock Lesnar comes out, throws Ali off the ladder, and then gingerly, Climbs up the ladder himself because it really felt like Brock hasn't climbed a ladder mm-hmm. ever. Um, it takes the title down. Why? How? I have no idea. I don't know how he got into the match. They never bothered explaining that. No, because they don't have to. Apparently, nowadays in the WWE, if you jump someone who has a planned match, you can just take their place. We saw it at the Royal Rumble. Um, so that's a new rule, I guess. <laughs> uh, so the lack of writing, you know, has benefited them. Mm-hmm. So they could just go ahead and insert Lesnar in here. Uh, so yes, Brock Lesnar is your new Money in the Bank. And man, did it sour the entire pay-per-view. Yes. Because up to this part, to this point, I felt like it was mm. a solid pay-per-view. I'd gone over the Shane match. You know, yes. I moved forward. That was really... The only like hiccup in the whole fucking you know on the whole card really was that Shane match. I really enjoyed most of this 
you know, pay-per-view. But now, like, with that whole finish, it just felt like such a slap in the face. Um, just because this is everything that we were trying to get away from, you know. I feel like McMahon's not learning from his mistakes. It just, I mean, I feel like the reason why they're at the point that they are right now, rating-wise, um, you know, losing the audience that they've been losing, it, it's not just all sudden, you know, uh, it wasn't an overnight thing. It, it, I felt like it was a snowball effect. It's been gradually happening over the past couple of years. And I think part of the big reason is the way that they've been booking the Universal title with Lesnar having it. So to see him back in the title picture so fucking soon after Mania, it's disheartening, you know? And I think it's going to do nothing but turn off fans. And I, we heard before this match that they really wanted the money in the bank, you know, to matter again. That they kind of wasted it the last, you know, couple mm-hmm. of years. We had Strowman win it, who just didn't need it. You know, uh, and we had Corbin win it, you know, who just basically wasted it. So the fact that you're putting on Lesnar, who really, I mean, it seems like, you know, he's going to make the announcement this on this Raw, this upcoming Raw, who he's going to be facing. Either it's going to be Kofi or Seth, but everyone already knows that he already has a planned match against Seth at the, the whole Saudi Arabia show. What the hell's the name of the show? It's Super Showdown. So, whatever. Okay. They're not even trying. Um, super showdown. So, you know, that's been the rumor match anyway. He didn't need the money in the bank to get that match. Mm-hmm. You could just book that match. So it feels like a wasted opportunity for someone else to make someone else a younger talent. So it's it, it's mind-blowing to me. No, it, I feel like the only interesting angle would be to go up against Kofi, but they're not going to go that way. Well, we already have Kofi versus Dolph, mm-hmm. you know, at... Uh, at the uh, Super Showdown. So, you know, unless Lesnar isn't pulling the trigger, you know, during that event and he's going to, you know, save it for another day. Now, I better not have... It better not be a case of Seth challenges him and Lesnar isn't going to use the money in the bank, you know, Mm -hmm. then. And he's going to hold on to it for another day. So we have to deal with two matches. Um, You know, that would be... Insane. Or he has the title match, and if he loses, then he can immediately cash in right afterwards. God. You know. Just disheartening. If it's like a roll-up or something. Yeah. It would just be so fucking ridiculous. And then do you think you end up moving away from Seth and going Roman right off the bat? <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do it if I were them. I wouldn't either, but... You I wouldn't know, be surprised. They feel so desperate right now. Like I, nothing's off the table. Nothing feels off the table at this point. So we saw that you know with everything with the twenty four seven rule, they also were talking about like the third hour like being different, and they were trying to make it more raw. Um, so like the lighting change. I don't know if you noticed this, but the lighting changed and everything like that. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, but it seems like they're really going to be focusing on trying to, like, keep viewers during that third hour. Because they lose so many viewers. Do you think it's going to be, like, an edgier third hour? I don't know. I mean, they technically it's later, so they could get edgier if they wanted to. Um, you know, maybe they try to, like, you know, do a shortcut here and there since it is later on. You know, not be necessarily TV 14, but, 
you know, push the boundaries mm. of, you know, PG-13. Uh, but I don't know. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's just, it's too long of a show. No, it's... It's, it's too, too long. long of a show. And are they still thinking about making SmackDown three hours? That was the rumor. You know, that hasn't been announced yet, but, I mean, that's a death knell, too, like, for SmackDown. It really is. It is interesting. Like, I, I could see where Lesnar could cash in against Kofi, because then you put Lesnar on... You know, SmackDown, which is moving to Fox. You have a bigger name, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Fox wants to be more sports orientated. So maybe that's WWE's answer to that. And it is Roman's show. You know, and then, yes, Roman is on that show, tech, even though he's really on both shows. But yes, it is, you know, mm-hmm. his main show at this point. So, but I mean, I just can't imagine SmackDown now being booked like Raw's been booked the last couple of years. You know, that just. If they have a renewed like um, sorry, uh, renewed attention to that show, then yeah, I guess I hope not though. I hope not. I hope they're smarter, but you know they've shown that they're not. <laughs> you're you're hoping for the wrong thing there, David. <laughs> so all right, well that was Money in the Bank. If you had to give it a rating out of five stars, Christian. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give it three. I, I'm Just the whole Lesnar thing just left such a bad taste in my mouth. I want to give it more. I, I do. But no, it's... I probably would have given it a four. If, mm-hmm. the, if that finish was different, um, it probably would have gotten a four. It was a solid show. It really was up to that moment. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate. You know, it really they, is. They can't and... get out of their own way. <laughs> that's the problem right now well they need to start doing this like thinking fast because they're pushing people to AEW this no. is literally the weekend before fucking AEW dude. you know this and the 24-7 title is like the greatest thing that could have happened for AEW <laughs> <laughs> it really does feel like a conspiracy theory like is McMahon actually trying to drive fans to AEW for some reason uh, because yeah, no, we are on. We are the big weekend is finally here. Yes, we are on the road to double or nothing, um, and you know it is upon us. We're going to be getting the show this Saturday, um, and we've got quite the card. So let's look at that, Christian. Well, we're not going to break down the whole card because honestly, there's a lot of wrestlers here who I don't know. <laughs> we'll be introduced to, you know. We're going to yes, get, which is get great. No, that's exciting. I feel like that makes it more exciting. But there's no storylines mm-hmm. really going on besides what's happening on like being an elite. So there's not much for us to really analyze no, and get we're, into. We're going to treat it like a New Japan show where yes. we don't know everybody yet, but we're getting there. Yes. So what are you looking for to match wise? Um. I am very interested to see like who's going to come out of this battle royal. Uh, the main thing I really want to see on this entire thing isn't even a match. I want to know what that fucking title is going to look like. Yeah, no, I'm excited. They teased it uh, mm-hmm. this past week um, in uh, those bastards, those the road AEWs. It's videos. supposed to look very, very nice, though. I, okay, I, I've heard um, from multiple sources. So, uh, and with Cody, um, you know. 
being one of the executives, I feel like it's going to have a classic feel to yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for something near like NWA stuff. I think know? that's what we're going to get, something like that. So that's pretty exciting. But no, if I had to pick a match, I would say Cody versus Dustin is, I think, my most interesting. Really? Match. Okay. Especially after the promos, I'm just totally Those full. are great fucking promos. <laughs> but you know what? That gets me excited, too, that if they can shoot vignettes like that, mm. you know, what it's going to mean for future feuds. You know, if they have that production value and everything like that that we saw in those two promos, mm. I'm excited to see what they can do, you know. No, even like the these little mini promos that they've been throwing out where it's like all the contestants to the 30-man uh, Boyle Royal, that just, which they should have been doing way earlier. Well, they should have I been didn't introducing even understand, people. like, I thought it was for a contract for AEW. But then they start introducing people who are already signed, so I was, like, mm-hmm. I was confused. I didn't realize it was actually for a title shot. So they're basically they're taking the winner of the Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho match, and they will be facing off the winner of the Battle Royal. The yes. all what what are they calling it? Uh, the Twenty One Man Casino Battle Royal. Yes, they changed the name. Yes, way, well, so. I, I don't, I don't know if they had this in mind at first when they first announced that Battle mm-hmm. Royal, but they're gonna do this whole like, I guess they're doing this whole like card thing, this whole Vegas thing with it, mm-hmm. where like they're gonna have contestants come out by coats. So like you know, you, there's gonna be like a group of five guys. Who are going to be like the diamonds? A group of five guys who will be like the spades. A group of five five guys will be the clubs, and so on. And then they're going to come out every like three or five minutes, I believe, you know, as a group into the battle royal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be one guy at the end who's going to have the Joker card. Who'll be the last contestant? So I guess they're what they're doing is they're having like the wrestlers like draw cards. Yes. Um, so I, it's different. You know, difference good, so, mm. you know. But they've been doing little vignettes with those. Yes, yes. And we had um, a, a surprise enter. Oh, yes. Uh, Sean Spears, or better known as Ty Dillinger. Yes, the perfect 10. He drew 10. Yes. <laughs> Him and Cody have a good relationship, mm. so people were speculating right away when he requested his release. That's where he was headed. And they were right. So, no big surprise. Um, so, let's look at who's actually um, in the match. We have MJF. We have Joey Janela. Um, Jungle Boy. Uh, let's see. Sean Spears, as we just said. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., which I'm interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Brian Pillman fan. So, and I've heard nothing but good things about uh, his son. Uh, Ace Romero. Sonny Kiss. Um, Billy Gunn, <laughs> Jimmy Havoc, um, which I'm also excited to yeah. see. I've heard nothing but good things with him. Um, yeah, and then there's a bunch of uh, TBAs. So, who do you think some of our surprise entrants can be? I imagine they're definitely going to pull from the Chinese uh, organization that we haven't seen too many out of. Just well, yet. but they're they have their own match. They have a match, but I feel like this is an opportunity to at least bring I, in one more name. I hope not, though. Like I don't <laughs> like. I, I feel like these like you know unannounced like need to be like to like surprises like people that we want to see or know. <sighs> okay, well the big speculation is Dean Ambrose. Okay. You know my problem is with Dean being in it, and I. 
I'll still pop if it is, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if I want to see an ex-WWE guy in your, like, number one, you know, in, in your title match, your first title match, you know, for your, up, you know, upstart promotion. You know, I kind of want to see, you know, s- someone new, you know, in that picture. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you're just kind of recycling WWE talent. You know, not say, like, I'd rather have them build up, you know, John Moxley, you know, on his own, and then, like, gradually get there. Than just all of a sudden putting him in your title. No, I agree. You know, so um, not once again, not saying that I wouldn't, you know, get excited that he's just there with the promotion. But uh, any other names? Like CM Punk would be a nuts prediction. I doubt that one. (laughs) A nuts prediction? Yes, that would be. (laughs) I just feel like that's not going to happen. But But, uh, speaking of nuts, Joey Ryan. Okay. All right. That's another free agent out there to show up. Yeah, that's a strong. What the hell's uh, Marty Skrull's like contract situation with <laughs> ROH? I think he's still pretty tied up with ROH and New Japan. You know, really, okay. because he is part of the um, Super Junior right now. Yeah, that's right. So, I would, I would pop if he showed up. I That'd wonder what. Awesome. I think I, I'm guessing that his contract must be coming up soon because they're still mm. including him with all like the being elite stuff. He's still in there. Yeah. So I'm wondering when that actually... Do you put Paige? So we found out this week that Hangman Page and Pac's match has been called off mm-hmm. due to creative differences. Um, Pac did not want to... I, well, I guess it wasn't even a case of them planning on having Page go over on Pac, but I guess long-term booking-wise, because apparently they've actually got the like next six months planned out TV-wise. Um, which is great to hear yeah. already. Um, but they did say they're not scared to like ride the hot hand. Like, so if something does like take off, they will change course if they have to. But it looked like they were gonna like move on to uh, a Pac versus Omega feud right off the bat. Um, but with Omega going over, mm-hmm. and you know, Pac's got the uh, Dragon Belt, yeah, uh, Dragon, Dragon Gates, Gates yeah. yeah, title right now, and he just doesn't want to you know lose while he's carrying that title at this point so unfortunately that means he's not going to be with AEW for a while now I mean it doesn't mean he won't eventually Mm. be there but you know they kind of left it up in the air you know it was a good match though you can actually watch the match between the two um on yeah on their YouTube YouTube channel channel. Mm -hmm. so um it, it was a really good match so check that out but I mean, it feels like a, just a natural to have Paige then, you know, be in this, you know, battle royal mm-hmm. and possibly win it. So, you know, and have him maybe, you know, almost come close to win the title. He did say in his first promo for AEW, he wants to be the first champion. So, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like just losing that opportunity for that match, then you can build this story where he has to scratch a claw his way back up there, you know. What do you mean? I mean, scratches claw through all the other contenders that want to have this match. Everyone wants to be the first champion, Damon. It's not. Yeah, but this this, dream. But what I'm saying is that the the battle royal actually gets. Yes, I'm saying if he were to get like runner up in the battle royal, Uh then he has to then deal with whoever is on. Like maybe they'll do a program where, you know, he's doing a number one contendership match where he has to. Well, I think you could go the other route, too, where he loses the title match, you know, and then mm. he has to, like, fight his way back, you know. But Or they put the title on him, 
you know, which is also a possibility too. They could put the title on him. They, I mean, he, I mean, he is one of the hottest prospects out there right now. So I, I don't see it being the wrong move. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to see Omega to have the title right away. You know, I mean, I eventually think Omega will have the title of, you know, at some point this year, but I don't think he needs to be your first champ. Like, he doesn't need the no. belt. But if you put the title on page, you're making another guy right off the bat. Yeah. So I feel like I, that's why move. I feel like if you put it on Omega, it's like just Roman Reigns-ing him, you know? Yeah, except it's someone that everyone actually wants to see. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Or you're right. I mean, you could sit there and you could have him have to fight his way back, you know, but Mm -hmm. it just, I don't know. I'm just trying to envision, unless it's a guy like CM Punk or Dean Ambrose, like who I could see coming out of this, you know, match as number one contender or like, or they're doing it with someone else where they want to like put over Jungle Boy or someone, Mm -hmm. you know, and make another name because that's really what they do, you know, so maybe, you know, it could be. Or Sonny, you know. And then you're really, you're making, you're establishing another star right mm. off the bat, you know, which, which is great, you know. Um, speaking of which, I'm really excited for the Jericho and, you know, Omega match, mm. obviously. Um, I love their New Japan match, so I want to see what else they have planned. Uh, do you think that Omega beats Jericho off the um. bat? I would think that Omega was going to be going over on their first pay-per-view, but, you know, at the same time, Omega has a win over him. And I think uh, you made a great point off mic that this would be a good, like, one-up, you know, for both of them, where they can continue the story um, on television and everything. Especially if you give the, you know, win at the Battle Royal to Paige, mm-hmm. you know, then you have Paige versus Jericho. Um you know, where I feel like you've got that, you know, baby face, heel dynamic mm-hmm. that works. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. And also, I don't think you want to, like, I feel like if you let Omega beat Jericho again, then you kind of squash, you know, any business you could do later on with yeah. those two. Where if you have Jericho go over here, then you can, you know, return to it later on down the line. And it makes sense. So, and then just knowing Jericho's ego, <laughs> the fact that he's probably going to New Japan in the next couple of weeks to lose to Okada, which yeah. I'm still excited about. It's going to be a fantastic match. I don't know if he wants to have two, like, big losses like that back to back. So, and I'm not saying that Jericho will be their first champion, but, you know, I could see him you know, somehow pulling out the win against Omega. I wouldn't want to see him. It's not going to hurt Kenny, you know. I wouldn't either, because it'd be the same thing with, like, the whole Ambrose thing that I was Mm. saying, where I don't necessarily want to see, you know, someone who's so synonymously, you know, know, um, entrenched with WWE, you know, winning your title right off the bat, you know, or being in the main event picture right off the bat. You know, I, I, I would much rather, and I guess Jericho has less of that stench on him now because of the last year or so. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd much rather have them, like, have a homegrown person. You know, well, right now else. he seems to be, like, the big villain in AEW. Yes. You know, he yes. keeps claiming, like, this whole thing is because of me and everything. Which is like great. <laughs> <laughs> the whole uh, little vignette that they did between uh, Kim and Cody, I don't know if you saw that. 
on uh, Be in the Lead was was really well done. No, I or no, it wasn't Be in the Lead. Actually, it was Cody's channel. I forgot what oh, they okay. call him, the Nightmare Family or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, they they did a nice little thing where Jericho shows up in Cody's office and everything. Um, so and maybe they're trying to establish a feud there too. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see where they go. Um, I don't know when they're going to have this title match either. I'm wondering if they'll do it like the first, you know, episode, mm-hmm. you know, when they're actually on TNT, which um, is a while though away from now. But how many other shows do they have planned? Um, they say they have several planned, but you know, the only other one that was announced was the, um, like tribute to the troops type one. Okay. I can't remember the title of at the moment, but. I think they'll save it though. I think they'll save the championship match for you know their debut or soon after. I mean, that, yeah, it's a great you know first episode match to have. Yeah, right. You're definitely gonna get viewers. So uh, just a long wait till October. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, obviously the Young Bucks, uh, you know, match against Lucha Bros. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's just gonna be a fun match. Uh, how many titles do you think they're gonna have? Do you think they go the classic route? Do you think they have like their, you know, they have their, you know, main champion, the tag belts, you know, your secondary title, which is like either intercontinental mm-hmm. or US title. And then like, do they do like a TV champion? No, I think they, they stick with like the secondary title, a women's title, tag match title, and um, the world heavyweight title. That's about it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually did, like, a women's tag team belts, though, if they get a big enough, mm-hmm. like, you know, roster. You know, right now I feel like they're a little light with their, you know, their female wrestlers, but, you know, I'm sure they're going to build that up quickly. So um, they definitely want to focus on that division, too, which is good to hear. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I would, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do a TV title just because, you know, you know Cody is such a fan of, like, old-school wrestling, so, and that's a classic NWA staple, that TV title. It's a fun belt because it's a belt that needs to be defended on TV. You know, like every t- that's the, the whole like premise of the belt is you're defending it every time there's a show. So it, it's a, it's a cool belt. And WWE never bothered like doing anything with them. I feel like they could have done something. And now they're at the point where they're just too many fucking belts, you know, and they just need to get rid of the brand split and just, you know, Unify all those titles, but, you know, McMahon's stubborn. But anyway, so, I don't know, man. I'm really excited for this weekend, though. It really, it, you know, it's weird because it snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been, like, three months in the making, <laughs> really. Well, you've had tons of huge WWE pay-per-views and events going on. Yes, yes. So. And I think, like we were talking about before, WWE's booking has almost, like, been a great advertisement for yes. AEW. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. You know, I mean, the future is so bright for the company right now. I mean, they've got everyone on their side at this point. You know, I feel yeah, like, like they've um, got a great buzz. Like Viceland is doing another series where it's just going to be focusing on wrestlers in general and kind of like this new renaissance of like wrestling around the world. So I think this is just like a great powder keg of all these different, you know, brands and different things going for wrestling right now. Where, uh-huh. like, except what, for WWE. <laughs> except for, you know, who's considered the kingpin right yes. now. Yes. So it, it's going to be interesting. This is like a new 
era of wrestling, I feel yes. like, is starting right now. And I do think that in the long run, this is going to be good for WWE. Mm-hmm. It's going to force them to like listen to their audience, you know, and give us some fan service. We got a little taste of it at WrestleMania, but not enough, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but it, it's just good for us as wrestling fans. It's awesome to have an alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for you know the less casual fans, the more hardcore fans. So I, I, I could see them actually like being WWE eventually in the ratings this year. You know, if things go the right way and they get the right kind of buzz. TNT is a big fucking channel. You know, I think they're actually, they might actually be in more households than USA. Hmm. So, I mean, that's saying a lot, you know, and I they do have a, a good, like, you know, worldwide distribution, too. Mm-hmm. And they actually got a good deal, I think, in Europe with, like, one of their big, like, channels that's, like, almost like a network, like, channel, like, Channel 5, like, the equivalent of that yeah. here, like, NBC. Um, you know, so they're going to get lots of exposure. So there, there's definitely, and they already have a built-in fan base with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. So, I mean, man, it, it really is exciting. You know, just how much potential is there right now. Please don't fuck it up. <laughs> <sighs> Look at us sounding optimistic about wrestling. I know, I know. <laughs> Crazy, right? So, but yeah, we've got some time. Yes. <laughs> October's six months away, so. <laughs> uh, but, all right, well, that's going to do for wrestling. Yeah, and for the show. So let's talk about Drama City Productions, because that's where they need to check us out if they want to hear us and other great podcasts. That's right, and not only can you check us out there, but you can also check us out on iTunes, you can check us out on Podbean, and wherever else you hear awesome podcast exactly hopefully you're checking us out on podcoin that's right uh podcoin is the app that pays you to listen and you can go ahead and use uh the code right now nerd show and you can get 300 coins to start off and these coins can be used for awesome gift cards like to amazon and target or they can be used to give to charity so go ahead download that app right now and start to get paid to fucking listen um, but yeah, but besides that, if you are on iTunes or Podbean, go ahead, give us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe. That keeps a show like ours going, a little indie podcast. So we need that love to keep on moving on. And it'll get you a notification for when our episodes show up. Absolutely. So. There's a whole reason behind it, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> God knows we don't get paid off of those things. But, yeah. But, hey, if you do want to throw us some money, go ahead and check out our t-shirt store. Yes, make it rain over at Public. Yes, get your nerd swag on. Get yourself an amazing Nerd Show shirt, hat, calendar, clock, uh, what else do we establish that they had over there? Pillows, I believe. Backs. Right? Shower yeah. curtains, maybe. There's a lot of fucking shit we over there. You got it all. Yes, we get your all. nerd swag on, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, but yeah, help support the show and wear some cool shit. Exactly. So, uh, but also, 
Um, if you like the music you're hearing right now, Christian, who is this? This is DJ Brebner. You can check him out on uh, SoundCloud, and then you can also check him out on Instagram. And also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We update daily. Uh, we try to keep you up to date with all the nerd news. Exactly. That's where you're going to see all that great cosplay I'm taking pictures of this weekend. Yes, that's right. Go ahead and give us a follow. Um, and then... If you also liked the music you heard up front of the show, well, that was Them Guilty Aces. Awesome rockabilly band based out of Chicago. They got great music on iTunes. Go ahead and download some shit. They also have great videos on YouTube. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, check out our show. They play one almost every weekend. All right, David. Well, I'm ready for Double or Nothing this weekend. Um, I can't wait to review it next week. Uh, That's right. We're also going to be reviewing Brightburn. Exactly. So make sure you tune in next week. Uh, Same nerd channel, same nerd time. Uh, But that's going to do it for this week. Yes, because my name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. You're impossibly fast and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color. And sometimes you speak like, like you're from a different time. You never eat or drink anything. You don't go out in the sunlight. How old are you? 17. How long have you been 17? A while. I know what you are. Say it. Out loud. John Cena!